off of compatibility just by itself can be a trap. Because first off, you can be compatible with a demon. <laughs> like devils know what you like too. The type of women that you like, you want her to have more curves in the highway. The type of man that you like, you want him tall with broad shoulders and a beard. The enemy can send you pain, gift-wrapped as your preference. So that's just the first thing about how compatibility can be a trap. The second thing is compatibility is season-based. It is possible for you to be compatible with the season of their struggle, but not the season of their success. I want somebody who's going to be there for me if I hit rock bottom. Well, what if they can only handle your rock bottom, but they can't handle your upward season? So now the question becomes, are we really compatible or do we just share similar dysfunction? We're both broken in the same area. We're both wounded over the same things. We have the same feelings over the same wounds. So we end up sharing hearts. But what happens if one of you heals and the other one doesn't? Because just because you, God damn. That was hard. And the crazy thing is why I just always feel like God work in mysterious ways. Cause I was trying to figure out, I came up with a topic and I didn't know how I kind of wanted to bring it in. And then one of my friends sent me this jump. So the topic that I had that I was, that I was thinking before I even got sent this clip, but I just kind of was debating on how I wanted to bring it in or if I kind of wanted to bring it in. Cause I'm, I'm not a fan of like back to back weeks, like just getting super deep and bring in like a bunch of substance to the table but because we here and i got this clip i'm gonna bring it the question that i had to myself it was kind of like damn can you on are, are you honestly not healing because you are the demon just think about that for two seconds where it's just like yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to heal from all these demons and this then the third i'm trying to fight work whatever the case may be but are you not healing because you are the demon and i and the reason why what made me ask this question was it was kind of like and it kind of tied into last week's conversation a little bit where it's like every time you kind of get somebody that you really want and it don't work out. And let's say if it don't work out and you kind of really want to be like, damn, I, you, you kind of want to solve her in the moment and kind of, you know, think twice and deal with your emotions and deal with your feelings. But then, boom, here comes something better in the DM. And I just be sometimes it would make and it was just so funny that he said it's just like the devil know what you like too because i and i literally was just having this conversation with my men in the group chat and i was literally like sometimes i look at my dm and be like how is this possible how why is this motherfucker in here because this can't be real like i sometimes i look at this shit and be like nah this ain't cannot be real like how am i pulling this one off so when it happened it's kind of like but at the same time you if i'm being honest I'm not saying it on some braggadocious shit. I'm saying it on some like, I'm kind of a little bit upset because the 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 fucking, j just maybe the regular woman you were more into where you felt like you had real chemistry and somebody you really wanted to build with. It was just like, your ego won't allow you to fucking, um, to, I guess, like sit in that shit because on, 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 on I guess, Instagram paper is something 20 times fatter right here for you. Like, hey, come entertain me so it was just like sometimes that shit be like damn so when he really said that like nah nigga the devil know what you like too because i was in my brain i'm like damn like all right god you kind of looking out can i manifest some money the way i can manifest this other shit but then it may be like nigga that's not god sending all these fucking that ain't him sending that your way you tripping nigga like stop like you you giving your you giving yourself i guess some delusional credit or you trying to not really sit in what you're supposed to be sitting in but it's that's just a hard pill to fight 
because then it just brings in that conversation of where it's like, I'm sure we all want to heal. We all want to move on and try to erase our trauma. But at that same time, you can't, while you're in that process, you want to be able to find love at the same time. Like you want somebody to like, let's just tie it in the sports references. Like you kind of want to be like the Sixers. You want to trust the process, but you do still want to win at the same time. So it's like, I want to, I do want to go through my process of healing, but at the same time, who really wants to go through that shit alone? So it makes it way easier when it's just like, what like what he said the fucking curved fucking wider than the whatever the fuck he said when all of that shit come it's just so hard like especially as a man i only can speak for the for the men i don't know how women deal with this shit but it's hard to turn away something like you just been lusting over for a minute and that's why i go back to manifesting i'm like am i manifesting this fucking shit like why is it coming like and it always seems like it come literally like right after some shit don't work did you really want to work that fucking shit that you just been lusting over forever. Ding, ding. I'm at your fucking door right now. Answer this motherfucker right now, nigga. How you realistically really going to say no? Cause you, especially when it get cold outside, like this is me just being super transparent. How do you fucking turn that shit off when it's like, you might've been lusting over this fucking woman for like, maybe let's just, let's put some real time on the shit. Let's say a year. The entire pandemic, summer, winter, whatever, last winter, you've been lusting over this woman the entire, her whole hot girl summer and a half for two hot girl summers. And now she at your door. Are you really going to sit in and cry over your emotions or some shit that didn't work? Or are you going to fucking, man, nigga, this is a chance in a lifetime, nigga. You got this shot. You going to shoot this motherfucker or you just going to let this shit go? And those, and that's when I sit here and that's when I'm like, nigga, you just may be the demon. You may be that, that fucking that person, that fucking toxic, I don't even like using that word, but you may really be that demon. You may be the demon. You would not like, and the shit that you think you running from or you trying to avoid, you may really just be that motherfucker. And I'm, and, I, and I'm really not trying to say it. Like, I hope it's not coming off like on some, um, on like a cocky ass way, but it's really like awesome. I'm being honest. Like it's kind of sad. And I literally like, Sometimes I force these vulnerable conversations when it's just a group of me and my friends, but you can be like kind of, uh, you can say it, hide it behind laughing and kind of like patting yourself on your back, jacking your own dick, pause. You you can kind of get away with that type of shit because it's just like you talking to your boys and you like, man, yeah, nigga, I just everything smoking, whatever top five dead or alive, I'm killing it. And, but realistically, you hurting this out. Like, and I literally just had this conversation last night in the group chat and I was telling niggas, I'm like, Bro, whatever, just I don't you could throw a name out there. That shit off the glass. But I and deep down inside, nigga, you want I want matching pajamas on Christmas. It's too close to Christmas now, so it's not gonna happen. So it's just like do you just you do you turn down what you got though? Like do you turn down when the fucking the demons is coming to match your fucking demon nation? I, them just questions that I be fucking thinking of. That's the way I just like I, I sometimes I try to figure out how to word it because I don't like I do feel like the fucked up thing about it is with podcasts and or just in general the only people y'all allowed to be braggadocious and really pop their shit for real is rappers and why the fuck do we do that like we like we always throw the word around uh be humble and stop like i guess even yeah be humble like people always tell like regular motherfuckers that or people who are non-rappers but we love all the braggadocious rappers whatever your top five name your top five right now in your head I'm probably sure. And, and for most people, y'all always love to play it safe. So Jay-Z is in your top five. Bro, he is the most braggadocious nigga of all times from day one. He been rapping so far like Giz 
around what we can comprehend and even afford for 10 plus fucking years. We're still just catching up to what the fuck he been talking about 10 years ago. So when we talking about a nigga just popping his shit, why are we allowed as regular people to do that? Is it because we haven't accomplished enough? Because then my, my debate for you on that would be, it's like, nigga, Jay-Z was rapping like that before he accomplished all the shit that he accomplished now. Like, Jay-Z been popping that shit since fucking Blueprint 1, fucking, uh, what's the, the Black Album, fucking Reasonable Doubt. Like, he before he was fucking Hove, the greatest rapper of all times, nigga, he been talking that shit. Lil Wayne was talking that shit on fucking the Squad Up mixtapes. But we allowed him to do that. But if a regular motherfucker just having a good day and feeling itself, we kind of like, you, you want to throw the words around, like you need to be humble and whatever the case may be, but why do we take it from rappers? Like, I, and that's just a question I had. I just had that thought of like, we accept that shit so much from rappers. And what made me even think about that shit? I was listening to, uh, what the fuck Jay-Z Jones was I just, I literally was just listening to this joke. Um, what more can I say? Mo, he, and this was on, and this on the Black Album. Nigga, he was talking so fucking greasy that last, I swear to God, if I couldn't come up with a, um, if I couldn't come up with like how I was going to intro to Joe, I was like, nah, maybe that last 40 seconds of the way he was going crazy, I could come in with that shit. Cause this nigga was just blacking out. He was going so hard. Like, matter of fact, I'm going to play this shit and then we can, and I can figure out where I'm going to take the show after this. But it was just, I like, I'm just listening to that Joe. That shit gave me chills. Like, damn, this nigga hove was talking crazy. And I'm, and I'm not, and I'm one of them, I'm a late hove fan. Like, I don't, for a long time, if you really know me, I like, fuck, I really wasn't a super Jay Z fan. It just took me, like, the older I get, you kind of appreciate it. That's even like with RB a little bit. Cause I do want to bring back a Giveon song, not a whole Giveon topic, but it's a song, and I can break down some of the words that I do want to turn back into a topic. But let me let me play a little piece of this Jay Z Joe, and then we gonna go from there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's be fucking real. When that nigga said that shit, I listened, like, listen to me. You got to forgive me because I'm late. Like, I'm listening to that shit like this the first time I ever heard him say that shit. But when you hear a nigga say that shit, that shit give you chills. And the reason why I hate for people to tell people to be humble, because you never know mentally or physically what it took somebody to get wherever they are in life. And that shit could be some fucking weird small. It could be a fucking, you just became the fucking general manager of McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know what it took for you to get there. And I guess uh, we allow it from rappers because maybe they know how to paint a picture where you feel like you know where they come from. You know every struggle they made. And we really don't. You don't know that shit. And we can use that shit into getting into topics later on in the show like the baby. We don't know that nigga for real. Yeah, it's a women. Okay, he's a nice looking dark skinned nigga. And I feel like a lot of that shit sometimes be just like be so performative with like how y'all oversell certain shit. I feel like a lot of motherfuckers now, like y'all, like you get, y'all get mad at me for saying fucking Issa Rae look good because you feel like, oh, you only saying that because she on insecure. I feel like a lot of niggas that y'all say look good. One, y'all only say you look good because the nigga is fucking rich. And then two is because like, and the, the later we get in the years and the more motherfuckers want to take their 23 and me, y'all kind of find like, 
super dark skinned niggas that just over fucking analyze. But we get into that a little bit later. But again, it just you like when I'm listening, listen to what that nigga Jay Z really said. Like that fucking like, like bro, he really went crazy. But it was just like, how how can I tell somebody to be humble or stop feeling themselves or you you you're cheering for yourself too much? But I don't really know what the fuck it took you to get there. Like even let's tie it into some fitness shit. Like a motherfucker could be like some uh, people. You lose twenty five pounds. That's the happiest shit you ever feel in your life because motherfuckers don't know how much shit you probably had to stop drinking and you love to fucking get turned up on the weekend. You had to stop eating candy. Somebody like me, bro. I love candy. Like I don't give. A, I always told myself I don't give a fuck if all my teeth fall out. I'm just gonna go put some fucking permanents in, like Birdman. Like that used to be my mentality. Like if you know me for real, like I really used to say that shit all the time when I was young. I don't care if my teeth fall out. I'm gonna put all my fucking diamonds in my shit, like Birdman. And that's just how my brain always been. So it's kind of like for even to have to be like, all right, if you really want to get some type of look into your body, you got to put the candy down. So it's just like, how much shit do you fucking, um, I, I don't, I hate when people tell motherfuckers to be humble, but I don't know how I got all over that. But that was just something because I listened to that Jay-Z joke. I was just like, I just got to come in with that small little part because this nigga just went, he blacked out and went so crazy on that joke. It was just talking shit to niggas like, I'm a fan of niggas who talk shit. The only nigga I probably never really bought into to talk shit is Floyd Mayweather, just because I'm not a huge boxing fan like that. So that shit never really do nothing for me. But other than that, like all sports niggas, I fuck with that shit. But I guess bringing back to that conversation, I'm kind of all over the place, is to just be like, what are, what if you are the demon, though? You won't, ne- will you ever really get a chance to heal? Because that shit is hard. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. That's sitting in your shit by yourself and really trying to deal with your emotions and let everybody's favorite line is go to get therapy. Man, I'm going to speak for the percentage of people who don't ever want to say motherfuckers can't afford that shit i got other i got better shit i can waste well let's just let's say the low price i got a better shit i can do with 125 dollars or 150 dollars and that's just it and i ain't even gonna say better but that's just like a freely okay that's just that's just for me so it's hard to sit here and tell somebody like well you probably just need to go to therapy and check in and it's like yeah that shit sounds amazing but in the meantime how can I really deal with this shit? Because I do feel like, no, you're the fucking demon. It ain't no healing. You got how the fuck you going to heal yourself? What if motherfuckers see you as the good time jump off? I literally was just having that thought on my way in the house from the gym. Like, nigga, what if you just a good time? What if motherfuckers see you as just like, man, this nigga's just a good time. And they feel like they, from the same way how niggas feel like they be talking women out of their drawers and fake building connections and spinning and dipping on them. What if women looked at men that same way? Like, what if women looked at you and was like, nigga, you're just a good time. And actually built up, like, think about it, because for niggas, we have done this. I'm sure we've all done this. You built up, you talk to this woman, da, 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 and knowing realistically, you don't give a flying fuck about none of this shit she's talking about. You just trying to fuck. What if women do that to you? I literally just like, damn, what if that was the case? Like, what if women just don't take me serious? Like, nigga, you just a jump off. Could you could you live with that pill the same way you talk shit about motherfuckers and you sit here and, and send women and just lust and laugh and ha, ha, ha? What if women do the same exact thing to you? Nigga, you're just a good time. Nothing more, nothing less. You, you, you giving me nice guy vibes and I was here for the bad boy shit and I'm out of here. Something to think about. What if you are the demon and you're trying to present yourself as something else and that's why you can never properly heal? Like I said, I don't know how I got here or why I was supposed to go here, but we're here. 
and you're now listening to the Double One Podcast in the DMV. I haven't said this in a long time, but this is Bullshit Podcast, and I am your host for the day, Crazy with Mikey, a.k.a. CEO Mikey, a.k.a. Young Donnie Simpson, a.k.a. If you really piss me off, we can always do the Google Facts, the most impactful nigga from the house. Let's go. Um, But I want to ask y'all a question today. Do y'all feel like Insecure is kind of like mailing it in? And when I say mailing it in, I mean like if you watch sports, it's like, What's a shitty team right now that your team may play? Let's say most of you, let's say a lot of y'all live in the DMV, so y'all probably like even the Redskins or the Cowboys, right? And if you see the Giants in your schedule, like this week or whatever during the season, you kind of be like, these niggas sweet. This this a mail-in game, right? So you kind of don't get as hyped because you feel like you're supposed to win this game. Do y'all feel like insecure, feel like they support, like we supposed to just support them because this is a black woman, it's a black show, because it's like, I'm watching the episodes besides last week, last week's week episode was like, that shit was fire. Like that shit was a good joint and made for good conversational pieces. But I'm watching this week, John, that just passed. And it's kind of like, all right, like it's, I watched it, but it was just like, I, I would, if, if BMF didn't come on this week, I would be trying to force a conversation out of insecure. And I wonder, am I saying, I own, and I, and I only reason why I don't want to make it like a hot, like a hot take, because I'm wondering like, Am I only saying this because I'm watching it? Like, this is the first time we're actually watching it. And you're watching it at the same time as you're watching a 50 Cent program. So does it make it harder for me to appreciate Insecure? But I'm just really watching that last episode was like, what's the topic that I get from this? Like, what's the hot take? We Did we know that Nathan um, is fucking bipolar? He didn't tell his cousin that? Like, is that really like a real fucking conversational piece? Like, what's the real conversational piece from that shit? Like, the awkward moment that, okay, Issa and fucking Nathan talked their shit out. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I I don't feel like it was no real conversational pieces from that shit. And I'm wondering, like, and I don't know if I'm being a hypocrite where I'd be like, well, you got to allow character build up to understand the characters. But it's just like, no, this is a season finale. Ain't no, you can't, what the fuck you building up characters now for? This shit is over. This the last dance, nigga. Like, you got, it's all or nothing. Right now, you playing for your legacy. Like, nigga, you even going to be the truthful, nigga. We're going to look at you like, all right, that shit was cool when it was on, but we ain't putting this shit up in the classic conversations with Martin and fucking uh, the Fresh Prince and Living Single and whatever the fuck else you want to put in the, your top five or top ten black shows of all time. And I do feel like Insecure should be there, but it's just like right now, it's just like, I don't know. And, and then maybe it's just because, like I said, we watching it at the same time as BMF, and it's just like, I don't know. It's just making to me. It's making it that shit a hard. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I want y'all to definitely chime in on that one. Let me know what y'all feel on that one because uh, I don't know, dog. Like I ain't. I really don't know. I honestly really don't know. I do. I'm gonna wait a little bit longer because I know y'all don't like getting to the BMF shit early. So we gonna. I'm gonna give it a little bit minute. We are gonna go through some other shit that's going on right now in the world. And I don't want to touch on the Travis shit no more. I didn't kind of touch on it last week, but I guess my only conversation, because I did have a conversation with um, one of my female friends, and she is a mom, so she gave me her her point of view on it, where I was asking her, I'm like, and, it, and it, I don't, I kind of want to take it off to Travis, because I don't want, because people did really die. But it's just like, when do parents stop trying to be cool with their kids? And what I asked her is, I'm like, why, oh, why don't motherfuckers just come out and say, y'all don't like how your parents raised you? Because if your parents didn't raise you to be, I'm not, I'm, they're not your friend. That was that your, your parents have told you that a million times. I'm not one of your little friends. So when did, 
Like, what is your real beef between the way your parents raised you? And I, and I was asking, I'm like, bro, a lot of women, especially a lot of women that I know who like so hung strong on being friends with their kids is like, bro, y'all parents did an amazing job with y'all. Y'all got careers, y'all own y'all homes or cars or other businesses. Like y'all have careers and side businesses and all this other shit or own your own homes and whatever the case may be. Got your kids in good schools and all that shit. So it's just like, what's the real regret? the way your parents raised you they didn't i can't from what i'm looking at when outside looking in your parents did an amazing job unless it's something else you want to tell me there's like a deeper darker secret why are you so pressed to be their friends because i'm looking at the age group of kids that died at this festival i'm like why the fuck was they there in the first place like there's no like my nephew is eight there's no fucking way in hell that he could have his mother his father anybody related to me could have sit here and said hey we're taking your nephew to go see how you fucking shame me yeah come on stop i remember i was in middle school and i wanted to go this is when they fucking used to have the go-go live shit at rfk and this is like when i think with junk y'all had rough it off so I'm, I'm definitely aging myself right now and i wanted to go and my older cousin told my mother hell no he's not i'm not he's not going with me because when they hit rough it off i'm not going to be relied for him to come home safe because i know how crazy the crowd get he's a nigga he's tall motherfuckers not gonna know how old he is he's why would he be you know what i'm saying he shouldn't even be there and she told my mother that and it was a dub i didn't go i you some so i'm i'm fucking in middle school so what's that you 13 14 about to be 14 whatever the fucking age group is at that age in middle school it's like it's a fuck no so it's just like i think sometimes when i'm looking at that shit, i'm like bro I don't want to be that fucking cool with my kids that I can't tell them no to some shit that I know for a fact they shouldn't be at. Like when I think of festival, I think of motherfuckers getting high, getting drunk and shit. I've been thinking about that since you've been watching MTV fucking, um, fucking a uh, spring break. You seen that shit on fucking like, what are we talking about? Like when did any of these like big ass festivals minus drugs and minus fucking people getting high and drunk and motherfuckers acting wild and crazy. What makes you be like, I'm gonna take a kid here. And that's my thing when it's like, bro, when is it okay to be a fucking parent and not be their friend? Cause I feel like that was like some shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. My friends ain't gonna tell me no. Let's go to let's go to this party. Let's go to this festival. Let's turn up. Let's get fucked. Like, huh? And then as a parent, you that fucking close all the way up there with a kid. Like, bro, come on. That's why I don't even want that's why I don't want to have that conversation. But I feel like the bigger conversation is when are parents going to stop trying to be their fucking kids' friends, stop trying to be fucking cool. Like, bro, you're an adult, you already made your decision. Like that shit, like I was talking about with Lawrence. After you make these decisions on having kids, like you trying to be cool and trying to like bro, pack that shit up. You somebody fucking parent, be a fucking adult. If you you want to tie that shit in with the fucking Delon, whatever the fuck that girl name is, then get a fucking plan B. Like, bro, y'all, like, motherfuckers be throwing me off. And, but she told me sometimes, what she say? Like, when her aunt, I think it was like 33 at the time when they was younger. And she was like, her aunt always used to get mad when they used to call her old. Because nobody wants to be the old washed up motherfucker. I, I guess I kind of get that. But it's just like, why can't I, can, I can be old. Why can't I be old and washed up with my kids? And then I guess when I'm out socially, I don't, I can still have Meg knees if that's the case. Or I can still be fucking whatever the fuck niggas call themselves. I don't fucking, I only can use it for women. Cause that's, I know that's women who should be grown still when I have Meg knees. So I, I don't, I don't understand that shit. And maybe because I don't have kids, but I'm like, what's wrong with just being old and being mature and being an adult, like where you can, like stand firm on adult decisions. Cause the only thing that tells me yes to this shit and yes to allowing a kid to be at somewhere where 
I'm just my adults, 18 and over. 21 and over like and i get it maybe and maybe that and maybe that lands on the festival as well but i like i didn't even know that they didn't have age groups on that shit because i thought it was like just some adult shit so that shit kind of just it baffled me a little bit like damn like when do motherfuckers want to be like parents and stop being like friends with your kids like that shit to me is just kind of like i don't know that shit just don't sit right with me like that's the that's my biggest takeaway and i don't and i and the crazy thing is i don't see no parents saying that i see everybody in the outrage everybody having reasons to be mad but nobody as a parent is sitting here saying like nah some some of these adults gotta take accountability for some of that shit because that's just like some dangerous shit that i just me personally i would never do and i'm old and i'm and nigga, i work out i'm in a hell of a lot of shape and it's some shit i'd be looking at be like i'm not trying to go to that shit that's just too much like that shit is just a like that's just a lap. Like you like I don't know. But again, that's just I, I don't really want to drag out because I be feeling like a lot of conversations motherfuckers drag to the fucking ground. So I don't want to fucking stay on that shit too long. But that was just something that really been kind of like eating me up for like a whole week. Like damn, when the fuck are parents gonna be okay with just being parents, not trying to be cool? It's all right to be washed. I, I don't know. Like and it's all right to be like the parent. I'm not your little fucking friend. I don't know when when did that slogan stop being the slogan. I'm not one of your little fucking friends. Your parents lived and died on that hill and on that slogan. Why can't you stand on it? And if you and if you have a real reason, start coming out telling people why you why you're so hung strung on being your kid's friend and not their parent. Because I don't think you can cut that. You can't cut that shit on and off. You can tie that shit on the TV. Look at fucking Tasha and Tariq. When you go that far left, it's no cutting it off, bro. And I don't know how motherfuckers think you can recreate the wheel. That's the same way. And I can tie this in for you to even make it hit a little bit harder and more realistic for you at home. When you allow a nigga to cheat on you once, guess what he's going to do? He's going to cheat on you again because you can't turn that shit off. You already allowed me to get away with it. So we already in the friend zone. We buddy, buddy. We, we parlaying. How are you going to tell me to turn it off? So that's just something for y'all to think about going into the fucking holidays before y'all get TikTok crazy with the kids and all this other shit. And then when you tell them to go to fucking bed, that's why I guess no kids don't have bedtimes at 930 no more. That's not a thing neither. Again, I, now I know I'm sounding like the old man, but, and this is why I don't even want to play stepdaddy because this will be the shit that will piss me off. Why the fuck this nigga ain't, or little girl or nigga or whatever, ain't sleeping at 930. Why the fuck are they listening to NBA Youngboy? Why the fuck is they listening to Lil Uzi? Where the fuck is the fucking, uh, the kids bop shit like this way i would draw the line at like i'm not even gonna hold you like y'all i really have become the fucking old man and i am i'm probably never gonna play stepdaddy because i'm sure this will be the fucking arguments that i would get in because this shit would piss me off and the first thing a bitch won't tell me is oh it's not your kid yeah all right, fuck you bitch go to hell and not listen to me no because y'all forgave him for the drake thing mm -hmm. you didn't forgive him not yet i mean drake forgave him. i know <laughs> he's still <laughs> yeah, i'm the girlfriend that's like he asked for no onions you know so that's like you know i just i just felt protective of him with him and pusha t I love this. I like mm. I like you even more now. Yeah, I didn't know. This is great. Know. This is amazing. Like you holding that that's like a six, seven, eight year crush. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't make songs. He tried it. I mean, and the songs were the music that came out of that period was great. But I, I don't enjoy when people try him. You know, it's yeah, just like let him live. You Your journey is okay. So I guess my question for y'all is: How many of y'all are that type of fan? And be fucking honest. Like, come on, let's be honest. If you are a real fan of whoever, 
Time out, just real quick. Come on, fucking Rams. Y'all getting your ass beat 14-0 right now. Like, come on. See, the only reason why this shit gonna piss me off is because fucking Odell Beckham play for the Rams. For the women, I'm I'm just a sidebar real quick. Because I do I did make this a topic. And I do feel like a lot of niggas on ESPN hate on Odell Beckham Jr. because this nigga is just a fucking good looking nigga. Paul's no homo. The nigga just the nigga. I don't know how many of y'all follow this girl on Instagram, but she like a she like super popular on the sneaker shit. She got like fucking McDonald's commercials and some more shit. But it's like Odell Beckham, like best, like she called him her brother, whatever that type of shit, right? And I honestly think a lot of niggas at ESPN hate on Odell Beckham Jr. because this woman is beautiful as shit. Come on, Odell, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, because this nigga can be friends with women are who are more beautiful than we even look twice these niggas way because bro this nigga ain't no fucking bum no slouch but you just really don't like him because he's just a good looking nigga and your wife your girlfriend probably fantasize about him you heard your girlfriend him coming down the timeline or you see him at a game and a girl be like mm, damn girl you've heard that and that's why it sit with you a funny fucking way about him because like bro i hate like bro i swear to god like Stephen A. Smith probably is like one of the only men in life. Like if I met him, I would probably wouldn't even have no question for him. I just want to pop off on him and just roll. I like I just hate that man so bad because he is like the epitome of like a whole fucking wild ass coon type of nigga. Like I don't even I'm probably too dumb and too slow to even sometimes understand what that word really means. But that nigga is like disgusting as a fucking black man. And that's why he get paid so much money from ESPN. Bro, he found, like, that shit with him and fucking Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving, bro, shout out to fucking Jason Williams. People who don't know who Jason Williams is, he used to play for the Chicago Bulls, like, I think right after his rookie year, he got in a super bad fucking um, motorcycle accident. I don't even know if his rookie year was even over. That shit might have happened his rookie season. But, um, and he, super whatever, he called him out on this shit. He even told him, like, and I and I probably even find, find the, the audio was some shit for that shit, but I do kind of, like, he like he went on the nigga and was like, nigga, I don't fuck with you for real because, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I want you to know if it, you do, it's mutual. I don't fuck with you for real. He's, of course, he didn't say the words fuck with you because they own ESPN and that's owned by Disney. But the nigga was like, you, you called Kyrie stupid. You called him ignorant. You called him selfish. You called him all these egregious, crazy names because his choices that he, that he made and he didn't put nobody's safety in danger or none of that shit. But when Aaron Rodgers did it, you didn't say none of that shit. You didn't have none of that type of energy for the nigga. And he lied and he was around his team and some more shit. But you didn't have none of that same energy for fucking Aaron Rodgers. And it was so crazy. Like, I'm like, I know Jason Williams, he probably caught himself from like really calling him out. Like, nigga, call it. Like, you, that's just, but he didn't call him out on like it's being some race shit. But it was. Like, it's clear as day. Like, you pander for this white man, but you show much shit on the black nigga. And I watch them niggas do that shit every week. Like, and shout out to fucking Cam Newton. Cam Newton came back. And scored two fucking touchdowns. Ran in for one and threw one. I know this was a sideball for what the fuck we, what I originally brought it in, but I'm I always when I be recording, I'm either watching Monday Night Football or some fucking basketball. Um, and I just really, I really just hate how you can hear when people just literally on TV or on the radio and they just hating on somebody. And I just hear so many niggas hate on Odell Beckham Jr. on ESPN, and they don't have nothing to do with skill level. And that's why I always I come. I've been coming on here since football season. Told y'all, and I'm always going to root for the black quarterbacks. And that was a perfect example. Like they were sitting here saying, "Oh yeah, well, fucking um, what's the bum ass white nigga to play for fucking Cleveland? I can't even remember his name off the top of my head." But his bum ass. He oh, he's better without Odell Beckham Jr. I, they got the shit beat out of them last night. 
and I was so fucking happy. Like, oh, well, I thought they was better without Odell. And that's why I fuck with Shannon Sharp. And that's, again, why social media fucks with Shannon Sharp. And that's why so much pressure on Stephen A. Smith. And that's why he got to keep rotating guests and all that other shit. Because one thing about black people, bro, we're going to always migrate to what's really relatable to us, even if it's at the most ignorant shit. And that's, again, why I asked y'all about just comparing, like, BMF and fucking Insecure and how, why so easy. Like, nobody never wants to say it because nobody wants. And that's why some people just, like, don't watch none of 50 Cent shit. Because you don't want, you want to fake be, like, one of those black people. Like, I don't like the stereotype nigger shit. And, um, man, get your white ass out of here. Um, <laughs> But anyway, like, that type of shit, you, you watch. And I just watch Stephen A. And I'm just like, bro, you really don't like black men at all. Like you go so he went so hard on Kyrie. He goes so hard on Odell Beckham. Just like just say it. Like niggas be like, that's the shit for men. I don't like that shit, bro. It's okay. And I'm gonna always say this. It's two, it's three things to be okay. As a man, it's okay for you to be a bad bitch and you for you to feel yourself. Like, stop letting motherfuckers demasculate y'all and make y'all feel like you can't smell yourself and you can't hold your dick on people. Cause you can't. Fuck them. If you feel like you put a good ass fucking fit on and you put a, and got a fish's ass haircut and some new your whole shit clean. Bro, some of these niggas don't make songs that, that you can feel that shit to. You got to cut some of that shit on. And it be the bitches who be talking that shit right now. I don't care. Ain't nothing going to make... If I feel good, I go get a fresh haircut and a whole fresh fucking outfit. There's not a man who got a song that make me feel like this. And I'm and this is just a sidebar. I'm going to get back into it. I don't even know what the fuck my point is at this point. But I'm going to tell you this fucking song right here. That was so, I'm, I'm probably saving this bitch for like Thanksgiving to get a good haircut have, and put a good outfit together. Like actually take time to put an outfit together. And I'm going to use an Instagram reel. And this going to be my song. I don't give a fuck. Judge me how you want. I don't care. Because I'm going to be a bad bitch. I'm playing this beer shit. No stylist, I don't do repeats. I got money, but y'all need these. All hundreds, dripping in CC. Might pop that pussy like Freaknik. No of course, and for women, they always go too far. So it's like, that's the shit that's going to throw the man off. You don't want to play, had a clip saying you pop your pussy like Freaknik. But I don't give a fuck. The other parts was hard as shit. And niggas out here ain't really talking that type of shit. Like, for real. And that's why men can't never really get into their emotions and really feel themselves. And I think that's why the Drake Too Sexy song was such a big song. But again, what my top, I guess my t- talking points was stop letting, because you're going to always, um, you're going to hide your insecurities with hate because you're not allowed to fucking, um, you're not allowed to feel yourself. So when you see a nigga like Odell Beckham, who's just him and he's so comfortable with being him and all the women love him for being him, it, it forms hate. Every time you watch ESPN, just watch, anytime y'all glancing at ESPN or you listening to some sports shit, just listen to how the niggas talk about Odell Beckham. It's not from him being a bum. It's really just, that shit, he ain't done nothing for you niggas to really feel like he's some shit. That shit comes from niggas really just naturally hating on this nigga because he's a nice looking nigga. And that's probably one of the only football players that women know, boom, off a of first glance. They know his name. They know his fucking face. And that shit, and that shit just equals up hate. Niggas could never throw that hate at fucking Paul Amalu because he probably would realistically rip your fucking arms out your fucking, uh, rip your arms out your sock and shove it up your ass. It's something because he's just built like that. So Odell, Odell Beckham is a little bit smaller and he's not a, a confrontational type of nigga. So niggas feel like they can get those type of fucking talking points off on him. Same way with, even with Kyrie. Kyrie shit is not like off of some look shit. It's just like Kyrie just being a man and he's holding like, bro, I respect Kyrie so much each and every week that this nigga's not playing. And he just don't give a fuck. Like, he ain't even popping up on the Instagram live or none of that shit. He just going about his business and just doing him. 
and just like fuck that shit. But I just literally that shit with the Odell Beckham Jr. shit, bro. That shit just boiled my fucking like that shit made me mad so fuck every much because I just be like, bro, this is other black men literally tearing this nigga down. And again, that's this is why Shannon Shop is Shannon Shop. Shannon Shop is the only motherfucker that talk about sports that everybody always share his posts, his memes, his takes, and all that because he's so relatable to us. And he ain't forcing this shit. He just a black country ass nigga. And you look at niggas like Stephen A and that shit just make people so fucking disgusted. And that's why it's fucking even room for fucking like, um, for fucking Kwame Brown to even have a talking point. And then you kind of, and the niggas who really be popping that shit, you watch why ESPN don't get them niggas jobs. Like Gilbert Arenas, bro, is like one of the best niggas that talk about basketball. And you only can watch him on YouTube. That shit is crazy to me, but it is what it is. I don't even know how the fuck I got right here, but um, why we, anyway, going back into the Issa Rae shit. My question to ask y'all is how many of y'all really are, um, that much of a stand because i do feel like i was that way with jeezy and gucci i'm not even gonna hold you like it was a long time like i really wasn't fucking with gucci and and i think the only thing that saved gucci is he just a real nigga and he always was helping younger niggas become cool giving young niggas the spotlight that beef between him and jeezy like that shit was like it was like a war he didn't he didn't win the battle like the the, the like the first Shit, he might have didn't even win the first 10 years of that battle. Like Gucci in his prime still ain't nowhere near compared to Jeezy in his prime. So it's like, and I'm just tying that into the shit with Issa Rae with the Meek Mills and Drake shit. And I do feel like even for Meek, a lot of that Drake beef shit still lingers on him a little bit. Like just think about how many projects Meek then put out since that shit with, with Drake. And he ain't never like, he ain't never really bounced back with like an OD ass single besides the single with Drake and the other single with her. I don't get it twisted. I play the shit out of that Meek shit. I fuck with it, but I do feel like those beefs do linger along and those shits be like, I fuck with Issa for saying that shit because those are like little talking points that motherfuckers don't really make and people don't be honest and have them shits like, because I guess nobody wants to seem like they're that much of a fan of anybody. And that kind of goes back into what I was saying earlier is like how we feel like we know these people and the more, I guess the more vulnerable artists are and the more better they are in details on explaining their life through music, we do become attached to them. And you do feel like you know them. And that's probably why, like, Issa feel like, nah, I really fuck with Drake. Fuck Meek Mills. Like, nah, I don't listen to him because of that. And I'm sure it's a lot of motherfuckers who probably feel like that. And that shit, and that's just a tough pill. Like, bro, let's, I, I've said this shit a million times on here. Push it to you. I mean, I guess that far, Virginia, we might not claim it as the DMV, but bro, I promise you, nigga, I, maybe that for part of Virginia, maybe I don't function that much out there, so I, I ain't going to go out on a limb and say it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and it's not a hot take. Shaq, Lizzie, and Fat Trail at their peak of their careers or their hottest of their hot were hotter than Push It T outside of the grind and shit. Outside of grinding and what happened to that boy, if Shaq Lizzie was performing Young Hefe or Fat Trail was performing um, that No Secrets mixtape or uh, what was the respect with the tech, the April Fool's Jump, even one of them projects from any of them niggas, I'm sure more people would come out for their concert than a Pusha T concert. And I think that has a lot to do with Pusha T always beefing with Lil Wayne and beefing with Drake. And you're talking about most and both of them niggas are on a lot of people's top five. And like I said, a lot of people won't come out and never say that shit like as honest as Issa was with it. 
Um, I'm sure. So that shit just don't. Uh, motherfuckers is not gonna be real with them. Like a lot of people won't say that because nobody wants to see like a stand. But she, because she's Issa Rae and she's fucking rich as fuck, and she got a fucking and she has an iconic show at this point, she can kind of say whatever the fuck she want, and people can't like. What you gonna say? You can't call her corny for that because she like she's she's not a stand to the point where she's still not chasing her dreams and goals. So she can kind of stand on it, and that point kind of hit a little bit. Like, yeah, all right, I agree. I can admit it. I definitely for a long time I was just like, even with Jay Z, and that probably even took me because I was such a Wayne fan. And of course, Jay Z was out before Wayne, but I really at one point in time in my life was like, nah, Lil Wayne is really the greatest rapper of all time. Like I was on that shit. Like I'm one of them type of niggas, and that's why I'm so hard on like even with the kids and the music shit, like. Bro, music can really be super influential when you might don't have like the proper guidance behind what you're listening to, or if you got too much free time to just like you and the music are listening to each other and kind of like infiltrating your thoughts. Like, and some people just won't never be honest, and that's why people don't feel like Lil Nas X is doing nothing to him. But okay, you just ain't never really set with music, and you really never listen to it, and never let it really trigger your moods. I'm sure I do shit to kids. So, okay, one, this is why I hate listening to R&B music, right? I'm going to tell you because the part that got me, when that nigga said, when we just land in the bed and we become a part of the threads, like, and that's what, and you, like, that type of shit is relationship goals for me, especially when it's cold as shit outside. It ain't even really too cold, but like, I'm not one of the people that, I don't get, like, excited when I see motherfuckers out, like, during the wintertime, like, nah, bro, kind of, like, Let's find some fast shit to watch on TV. And that shit, when he said, like, just laying in the bed, becoming a part of the threads, and we actually just um becoming a part of We uh actually, what the fuck did he say? Part of the plans? I wrote this shit down so I can make sure I don't fuck it up. I'm still going to fuck it up because my reading skills that, um, yeah, laying on your side, waking up, losing track of time as you, as we are feeling and touching and falling deep in the beds and becoming a part of the threads, intertwining and just, I just want to stay in the world we created. I just want to sink in the plans that we made it. Like, nigga, that little shit, like them plans that you made with somebody, like, I want to go here, I want to do this and that and the third and just land up talking about shit. This is why I can't really listen to R&B. I probably should have even tied that shit in earlier with the conversational pieces that I was having. I, I would just, my brain be all over the place. So I'd be trying to just get off certain topics that I've been sitting on for too long. But that shit right there is just like, that's why I can't fuck with R&B. Because guess what you can, what never happens in life? You never get these emotions listening to trap music. And that's just why it's so easy to listen to rap music. It's so easy to just listen to foolishness because it doesn't trigger no real emotions for you. 
I don't give a fuck about none of that shit them niggas talking about. But when you really sitting down listening to that R&B shit, bro, that shit hit you so much differently. And I can't stop listening to this nigga. Like, I swear, like, bro, I hate R&B, but I love this nigga Giveon. Oh, my fucking God, dog. I swear to God. I can literally just listen to this fucking album. Let this shit just play back and forth, back and forth. And I just find a little, and this is how I found this song. Like, I, at first, I was skipping those first couple of songs and going straight to Heartbreak Anniversary. And letting it play from there. Then I'm just like, let me just let the whole don't play. And then I'm like, hold up. What this nigga saying on this song? Like, really just close your eyes and just imagine just that little part. Like, you just laying in the bed. Let's just say you got your fucking candles lit. You got that fucking good plugins. It smell good. Your, your, your room kind of dark. So it ain't the, it don't matter what time of the day it is. And you could just actually just lay up all day and just watch TV and don't give a fuck about a care in the world. Yeah, just think about that shit right there. I can't fuck like bro. That's why I can't fuck with R&B because I really was like that shit will make you really be questioning certain shit. And that's how I came up with the topic. Like, damn, are you really the demon? Because listening to shit like that, like this is when you hear that shit, it, it it paints the perfect picture. Like, damn, I really want that shit. But why that shit can't come for me? 3 a.m. in the morning can come for me with, with like that shit. It's like, I'm like, bro, that's no. Why can't this picture play? And then the crazy thing is, I know how women be. Oh, that won't come for you because you choosing the wrong women. And then, and then, and, and this is just, let's just, let's paint this picture and be a little bit honest sometimes. Sometimes I feel like people are right, but then it's just like, are you ever being realistic with yourself? It's like, it's, it wouldn't, to me, it wouldn't be settling, but it's just like, how would you want how do you figure sometimes somebody can actually settle and i get even for some women especially like and that's why i kind of be like damn like i be getting it when niggas be like if you really want to be in a successful relationship you need to delete social media because it's just like i couldn't never just sometimes just settle with like somebody that's just like willing to be on the same page with me and the chemistry ain't there maybe physically or even like mentally or whatever the case may be because it is such a easy temptation to just entertain like just some of the shit that you can only dream about it's it's hard to be like I'm, what the fuck i'm supposed to say no to that how do you do it and then sometimes it just be like in some motherfuckers may be blessed where it's like your stretch may be like not just in your regional area so now you may be catching like out of town moves and then it's just like damn this shit just i don't know bro and that shit hard so it's hard to be like i get how easy it is to be like you could just settle and you can and that's again why i had the question of like no you just may really be the demon because it's it's easy to say yeah you can settle and you can find there's somebody out here who really want to do all those same things with you but then if that person like maybe like it might be even more physical than anything. I'm not going to just put it on physical because it is. Don't get it twisted. Especially like when we talk about out of some, like it's some beautiful women out of town in, in different parts of America. And some of those women are like really like mentally detached and they really be, you'd be like. I, and, and this, and I guess why I tied into God, because it'd be like everything that look amazing on Instagram and you actually take time to get to know some of that shit be like, oh, I see why you're single you ain't really got it all upstairs at all and you can kind of tie that shit into the baby shit with shorty because i'm looking like 
I'm looking at him like, you know, he is a bitch ass nigga, of course, all of that shit. But I'm looking like, damn, bro, this bitch is tough. You are playing right now. But then I've seen that same shit. And then you get to know this woman and it's just like, oh, she got a lot of shit bald, bottled up. And I'm sure for the average nigga, if you're not mentally ready to be a fucking therapist just to get to know this woman or just to get some pussy, that shit going, you're going to run for the hills immediately. So it's always, of course, it, it, it's all every day. That's why I always, I guess, say grass not green on the other side. And I always, I guess, try to used to say that shit for women. But then as a man, it's kind of like, nah, it, it, it come in different flavors. You got to learn, like, nah, this grass look immaculate like motherfucking a football field. Grass green on the other side before niggas get to playing on that shit. That shit look like AstroTurf. Right, that shit look that shit looks immaculate. But then when you really get to figure it out, how this motherfucker don't ain't sturdy for the cleats, yeah, G, that shit crazy. I and I just would guess I I lean this fucking voice of fucking reason into niggas, man. I'm telling you, top five dead or alive. Sometimes, bro, them they do not got it all upstairs. And you like it's for for people like when we see certain shit, you be like, damn, how the fuck is this motherfucker single? Oh, wait till this motherfucker, wait till this person get comfortable with you and start telling you all their deepest, darkest secrets. And you be like, holy fucking shit. This motherfucker keep going and going and going and going and going. I get it. And then if you're not real, let's see, you're still trying to figure life out too. It's like playing back into that clip I played earlier. How do you be there for somebody else and you ain't all the way there? Like you trying to figure shit out. So it's just like, I don't know. And then you, and then most women will get frustrated because it's just like, I told y'all, listen now, like why you ain't flew to see me yet? Why you ain't, I'm like, damn bro. I only known you for like two days. He's like, I get you just gave me your fucking deepest, darkest diary. But can you let me process some of this shit? I ain't ready to just jump on the plane. Like yesterday, that's how that shit go. And then they be up in their feelings, they up in arms, and now it's just like, now they beefing, and they just like, all right, bro, I see you going crazy with this, this subliminal distance and all that on your IG story. I see them all. I'm not, I, but what the fuck do you want me to do? I'm still just like, I get it. And I, and I do understand even sometimes why some people, I met some women where they be like, I, I have to, I, you too, you live too fucking far away, and I'm in this attachment and this this won't do nothing for me mentally. This this is going to tear me up even more because if I'm having a hard day and you can't be here tonight, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? It's going to just drive me insane because we have this fucking, you had this cool chemistry via the phone, but realistically, you can't be here every fucking night. Realistically, you can't be here every weekend, maybe every other weekend. So I'm drawing attachment to something that I can't really take with me until you ready until yesterday, unless you about to be like, fuck, we're going to move together tomorrow. And realistically, uh, the, the, the common sense and the proper adult thing to do will be, that's, that's not the smart thing to do. And that's why I think just, man, bro, love is a dangerous place. Wanting to be loved and looking for love is a dangerous place. And I feel like we can tie that in and bringing this into BMF. And, and it shows you like, if you really paid attention to, which the standout part of this episode you should have paid attention to clear as day. Some good, consistent pussy mixed with emotions and feelings and wanting to be loved. You could be the most thoroughest nigga in the world, cold-blooded killer. And you will lose that shit all behind a woman you really fucking love. 
and that was a perfect example. What's the what's the, what's the nigga name? I can't remember his name, uh, but him and Kato. And it was just like for people who maybe if you don't see or you're not familiar, spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. I don't even feel like it should be a spoiler. This is for this should come out on Tuesday. BMF took a week off. If you waited to not watch that one, like, okay, bro, you're kind of weird. Whatever. <laughs> but motherfucking. So uh fucking what damn the nigga see fucking Lamar coming out his junk and he living a cut. Like if you look at if y'all look at the surroundings of his house, like this ain't just on like on some like, oh, he could be coming from somebody else's house. No, like his shit is like in the middle of like damn, like look like damn near almost like a warehouse district. It's there by itself. And he see the nigga coming from out of the back of his junk, so he know he coming out of his junk. Soon as he coming in, it brought in there cook cooking and whatever she half naked. Like, what you want, baby? And he like, nah. How the fuck this nigga Lamar come from my shit? And he got the gun pointed at her. And he just shaking the whole time because he really loved her. Like, this shit eating him up. Like, I can't kill this woman because realistically for him, this is probably the first woman he's ever dealt with that he actually loved. And there's some, and that's just for, that's the shit for most men. I know that shit be hard for us because love just come into places sometimes you ain't even expecting that shit to come from. That shit just go from lusting over a woman and then that shit turn into love. That demon and that feeling, bro, you can't fight that shit. I don't give a fuck how bad you try to play cool, you try to fight it, it's not going to happen. And that was the perfect example of what happened when you watch him fucking BMF. The nigga had the gun pointed at her, and she was just, and then he, and he was like, so what, you was lining me up the whole time? And she, and she was honest with the nigga. Like, at first, yeah. But no, nigga, I really love you, and this shit is not fake. And you know that it ain't fake. I know you feel the same way I feel. And in that, and she knew that and she could see it in his eyes. And that's why it was so easy for her to grab the gun and just push the shit down. And he just wanted to talk. Like you could just see the hurt in his nigga face. Like he was fucked up. Like, I know I'm supposed to kill this bitch, but I can't. I really fucking love her. There's no way in fucking hell I can kill her. And that's what I just like for me. And I think that was one of the reasons, like, I really fuck with 21 Savage when he was dealing with Amber Rose, because he was like, bro, I don't, I, yeah, I talk all that cool gun shit. I will do that. Like, my history is my history. Y'all niggas know what's up with me. And the reason why, for people who don't remember, like, that was like right after 21 Savage, man was like on Vlad making jokes about killing Bankroll Fresh. Like, this, like, that whole Amber Rose shit was like right after that shit. So it was kind of like niggas knew, like, okay, 21 really on some other type shit. And fucking, he was in love with Amber Rose and he didn't care about fucking posting up kissing videos and this, all that shit, because it's not nothing. You should never feel like you're too tough not to fall in love. You should never feel too tough where you can't just be like, I want to like the give on shit. I want to lay in the fucking, I want to lay in the bed so much. We come a part of the threads like that shit is okay to have those feelings and those emotions. And when men f understand that it's okay to have those feelings and those emotions, bro, life will become a lot fucking easier. Not saying that it's going to be easy because when you want to love motherfuckers, you have to, when you want to love people and you want to be in love, you got to kind of allow, um, you, you have to allow your God to come down. And when you're allowing your God to come down, it's like you're allowing somebody else to control your feelings and your emotions. And that's when love becomes dangerous because you're no longer in control of this shit. Yeah, let that shit fly real quick. Like, that's let that shit go off. You like that's when love becomes dangerous because you are allowing somebody else to control your feelings and emotions. And you can't control that shit because when you. Oh, my God, these niggas just work. You you yeah you can't you can't control that shit 
and you can't fucking um and you can't mask it. It's hard. And then some people deal with that shit like better than others when it don't go in your favor, but the average person can't deal with that shit. And that's why motherfuckers lash out on social media. Again, i.e. the baby and and um Danny Lay. Those emotions are so hard to fucking control. And and I just like and that and that's some shit like we we I mean you all the older you get you try to figure out different ways to process that shit but like mm, I don't know that shit hard bro that shit is hard but anyway let's get back into BMF like I, I that was just that was a that was a talking point and a thinking point that I really had where it was like yeah that was a perfect example like. That was the perfect example of love and the shit that love make niggas do. That fucking that right there, love and being pussy whip, and that and and being in love make being pussy whip twenty times easier. But anyway, tying that shit back into motherfucking the Grinch that stole Christmas is Lamar. I, I got a question for y'all: Who realistically is the worst villain of all times on TV? Between. I don't, I can't think of a lot of shit on TV, so my brain. I'm just gonna keep it in the 50 Cent universe, like the power and shit like that. Is it Tariq in his prime when we all hated Tariq, or is it Lamar? Like, who did you really hate more? And I don't know. Like, should you tie like? I don't think niggas ever really hated Dre like that. Like, who was another motherfucker that you kind of hated on Power? I'll probably say like the um the the white police nigga. or the Asian DA nigga. Tariq for sure. Tariq stand out to me. Like when I'm thinking of like motherfuckers that people made memes about and motherfuckers really hate it. I want to say it's like Tariq and Lamar. And not new Tariq on Power Book 2, but like Tariq and like the heart of power. Like when power was power, like who you hate more, like Tariq or Lamar. And how the fuck did Lamar get the fuck out of that house, bro? That shit was like, that shit was so like that pull up and drive was so fucking slow. And it was it was like slow until they did it, and then that fat nigga got out that motherfucking joint. That nigga was moving like the motherfucking best offensive lineman in the world. His big ass was booking through that motherfucking house. He came through that bitch, kicked the door, hit the joint. I swear to God, I thought Lamar was gonna blow his motherfucking head off when he was coming around one of them corners. Like I swear to God, I thought Lamar was gonna be right around one of them corners. As soon as his big ass hit one of them corners too hard, Lamar was gonna send that nigga shit back the next weekend. The whole time Lamar got hit, and I'm gonna tell you, this is the, when the soft side come into me. Like watching Lamar fuck Cash Doll up, I can never watch those type of shits on TV. Like that shit break me down so bad. It was like, I hate that shit. I hate that domestic violence shit. Like how you know how people, some people, I can't watch scary movies and I can't, like I don't like going, like I cannot fuck with that domestic violence shit on TV. Like that shit makes me so sick to my stomach because it's just like, you can't do nothing. You just got to watch this shit. And watching a man hit on a woman, like that shit just don't never sit right with me. That shit was fucked up. I was so happy that the daughter came in and kind of like saved her. And it was just like, that nigga just lost it so bad. It was just like, damn, this nigga really blacked out on this bitch. Like, and she wasn't even blacking out on no petty shit for real. Like, for him to even, like, nigga, why the fuck are you in my house? Like, why are you in here? Like, that's just common, like, courtesy and common shit, shit she asked him. And that nigga lost it on her ass. He fucked her up, fucked her up. What what else was a standout jump? Um, Southwest T, no, matter of fact, before we get to his... Um, Joe. Fucking the little sister, bro. You gotta give her MVP on motherfucking codes and effort. 
like I can't believe her little ass didn't rock the motherfucker. Oh my god, like bro, her their father was sick to his fucking stomach. That nigga was mad as shit. Like, pack your bags. We moving the fuck out of here. He was heated. He could not believe that this little motherfucker was sitting here lying to the police for her fucking brothers in their fucking face. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. And it's and it's and it's even still crazy to, to the point where like whatever. I ain't gonna I'm not gonna fuck it up for nobody. But just that shit was crazy. I can't but like that shit really kind of like that shit took me for a loop because I ain't gonna hold you. I thought she definitely was gonna be like, oh the nigga boom 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 did it. Because would she really have been wrong for that? Like I don't feel like she would have even put Terry and Meach into any fucking jeopardy if they would have been like, okay, Lamar did that shit. Or even if she didn't know the name and if she could describe the nigga like what the fuck did that got to do with Terry and Meech? And it was fucked up that the police was trying to tattoo and two together when they were trying to break her down. So I guess, and, and maybe she might have felt comfortable with telling if the police wasn't so aggressive with the, oh, was it a retaliation for your brother's kidnapping? Because as soon as they start throwing her brothers around, and she's like, I'm not throwing my brothers under the bus. Fuck that shit. No, I don't know what happened. I don't know him from nowhere. I don't know why he did that. He just came up and stabbed him. I was like, damn, her little ass is ruthless. Like, there's no going back. There's no, like, and for the dad, it's like, you got to kind of motherfucking, um, nigga, you got, you, you kind of got to be like, I, you almost got to throw your hands up with the entire family. Like, bro, that's it. Like, nigga, your whole family turned, bro. They, they, it's over. Like, their whole family is TTG to the streets. It ain't nothing else you can do, Brody. Like, you just got to let that shit one go. Like, you trying to keep this holy there now shit like that ain't for your family your family belongs to the streets my nigga like fuck that shit you just better even get down or lay down and at this point like this nigga just he he on an island all by himself right now because the mother like we can still save terry and this nigga like how sway how how the fuck can we save him this nigga is gone he just made out he just they, they got our little baby girl brainwashed and she lying to the fucking police in our face how the fuck are we gonna save anybody else in this motherfucking family we just need to get the fuck away as far as we possibly can and the mom just like no no i don't want to go mom enjoy that shit too much and that motherfucking reading oh my god for one why the fuck did they go to the funeral bro like, I don't understand you. It's nothing that get, you can put in my brain to make me be like, it was okay for them to go to this funeral. And that motherfucking mom read them motherfuckers for filthy fucking animals that they are. Oh, and your son think his fucking drug money paying for this funeral can fucking, no, he ain't gonna bring my son back. Yeah, your son paid $7,000 for this funeral. She had the fucking numbers to the T. Oh, but you probably already know that because I'm sure he played for that hat and dress too. No, I'm not gonna hold you. I definitely thought did um, meet your mom and then was going to slap the shit out of that lady when she said, it shouldn't be my son in that casket. It should be yours. When she said that, I'm like, whoa. That re- like you fake ass Christian woman, you come in here every night and then I swear to God, I thought that's what mom dudes like, all right, enough is enough. Walk up. But that's when the father intervened and kind of was just like, all right, you got it. Like, I get it. You going, you grieving, but you got to relax. You kind of, you dragging my wife right now in front of everybody. But when I seen them go to the joint, I'm like, and they going as like a family. I'm like, that's kind of wild. The fuck are y'all there for? Like, and I get it. Maybe the little girl should have went. And it's, and the police just playing it so fucked up because it's just like they out here telling her that, oh, that he ain't telling, he ain't cooperating with the right story and this, that, and the third. And it's kind of like, damn, that shit was fucked up. But I ain't gonna hold you. They was bold as a motherfucker for going to that funeral. 
And then that ties into Terry. Like, I wonder, dude, I wonder, like, do the baby moms really want him to stop? Cause it was like when her, when the mother called her out, she ain't had to she ain't had to do too much pulling. Like she, the mom thought she was gonna get pushed back, and the way she broke down, that shit threw mom Dukes for a loop. Like damn, like I ain't nigga, I ain't expect for you to fold up like this. And she was like, you know, like she really was going through that shit. She didn't like she. You can see the mom was shocked at how easily the baby mother wasn't cool with what Terry had going on neither. But it was just like, um, yeah, like I want him to get his shit up too. But like, do you really want them to give it up? Do y'all really want to go through this struggle? Like, she talking that shit, but I bet you she don't want to get no get no job. I bet you she don't want to go work at Wendy's with his mother. The, I guess the last other takeaway I could have from this episode was, um, which y'all think Terry gonna end up hitting the fucking plug? She looked like she was kind of like giving him some room, like she was really feeling him until he was like he was gonna be late on the payment. Like he, hey, can you give us a couple extra days? And she like, nah, nigga, you got stand on what you agreed on to. Y'all think you think Terry could take that one down? Like she died tough too. I ain't gonna hold you. And that power, it, it, it's something about it was, she had she had it all white on, and that's some shit that's, that that for just for people who been listening for a minute. That's that shit that Shorty from. Uh, queen of the south always did i don't know what it is about like the the the, the, the drug dealing women and the all white shit that all white shit for like the the, the drug queen pen shit that white shit just hit for them differently like i don't know what's the science behind that shit because i know it has to be like some science behind like what's what is it about like the drug dealer woman and the all white shit because even if you google like google fucking uh griselda blanco the picture to come up with her is her with that big ass white hat on the all white suit queen of the south like all her like crazy big moments in her life was like oh she always had on all white and then it's like boom she and this lady in this art joint she got the all white on i wonder what's the significance behind the all white shit i don't i don't know i'm not that like i said i ain't that shop um <laughs> when it comes to this that form of thinking but it, it do stand out to me i kind of did pay the attention and it was just like damn i wonder what is it about the all white and the drug uh queen pen shit like they really do the all white shit but yeah, that just the biggest takeaway from fucking BMF for that episode is the crazy shit niggas would do for love and how dangerous love can be because you allow other people to control your feelings. I do want to see how that shit gonna play out. I wonder is will will Slim try to tell Meech or will I wonder how that shit gonna play out. I, I feel like this this final episode, this one going to end with a bang, and I'm definitely happy that Fifty is keeping them shits just rolling in. Uh, one right after another. I'm, I'm, I'm really fucking with that situation. How you got that one playing out? My mind starts dripping, a tear drops my eye. My body temperature falls. I'm shaking and they breaking, trying to save the dough. Pumping on my chest and I'm screaming. I stop breathing. Damn, I see demons. Dear God, I wonder, can you save me? I can't die, my boo boo's about to have my baby. I think it's too late for praying. Hold up, her voice spoke to me and it slowly started saying, Bring your lifestyle to me, I'll make it better. Hello, what I hear? Eternal life better forever. Who will I be the G that I was?
Real quick, just a uh, uh, a moment of transparency. When I was young, this video used to scare the shit out of me, bro. I was such a fucking pussy when I was a kid. I was scared of that video and fucking what's the other joke? Um, mind mind playing tricks on me, uh, the Ghetto Boys. But anyway, the reason why I played that song because it and we just finished up the BMF talking just to continue continuously again tell y'all that 50 Cent is the greatest TV producer of all times, bro. And I don't know if y'all remember when I said this, 50 Cent. I even say any network should just go down on the rabbit hole on YouTube and just find, bro, because those stories are never going to get old to us. We're never going to get tired of watching the motherfucker come from nothing and finally get shit. Because again, I think we all can find the ways to relate to that. So anyway, if you've been following 50 Cent, he's, he got some other shit he's been posting um, about some other niggas from some fucking way. But, um, but he posted the Snoop Dogg, John, and I guess that one already got greenlit where he will be making a series on just that time in life of Snoop Dogg when he was fighting his murder case. And I'm sure like, for and, and why it's going to be so fire, because I'm sure for some motherfuckers, maybe just too young to even really, I guess, remember when, I mean, when Snoop was going through that shit, or that some motherfuckers so young that they don't even know that he ever went through any of that shit. So it's like all the cool shit that like the youngins uh, love did, um, what they little rappers do now snoop was kind of doing that shit and really doing the shit before it wasn't a cool thing like smoking on op packs and all that other shit it was that wasn't a thing for snoop like this really his real life like he really was on trial fighting a fucking murder like at the prime like this was like doggy style snoop dog like this is snoop at snoop, peak snoop dog so like you think about when his career like he really got his breakthrough shit like it realistically how it even play out for a lot of these kids like they get a hat album and then boom, they end up finding themselves in jail. That was Snoop. So for 50 to be like, I'm gonna turn this shit into a movie because like, bro, Snoop is like so commercial now. Like, I don't know who got more commercials between him and Shaq. It's probably the three niggas who got the most commercials on TV right now is Shaq, Kevin Hart, and Snoop Dogg. And then probably fucking Chris Paul and Aaron Rodgers, like at fourth and fifth. Them niggas got all the fucking commercials. So a lot of motherfuckers who really just have been, I don't know when you got hip to Snoop Dogg or when you started to follow him, you may have forget that this nigga was on trial fighting a murder case. So for them to, be like, to turn that shit into a series, bro, that shit gonna be insane. Like, and this was like when Snoop was Snoop. Like, that swag that y'all fell in love with Nipsey, like, that was like the, you know, the newer version of Snoop. But like, that's when Snoop was like, bro, like, that's some shit you can't teach. And I think motherfuckers need to always remember that, bro. You cannot teach swag nor charisma. You either have that shit or you don't have it. You cannot buy that shit. You cannot study that shit. That shit cannot be manufactured. I'm sorry. And that's what makes Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg. Like, bro, if you go back and watch any of those, just his walk, his hope, bro, that nigga was next level cool. I'm not going to hold you. Like, I don't know about Snoop now. It's kind of like I've been checked out on Snoop now, but back then, Nah, nigga, like this nigga, that uh, that uh, fucking level of charisma and cool will forever be fucking um unmatched. But yeah, I just I just wanted to play that shit because if Fifty is coming back with that one, and I don't think I said I was going to get a takeaway on the um the King Richard jump. I'm gonna give it because I didn't realize, bro. I realistically didn't realize that was the week of Thanksgiving. So I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it another week because I do know a lot of people do go to like um. 
like before the day before Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving Day, like people go to the movies, like people got different little um, family traditions. So I'm gonna wait. I wait until whatever the episode is, like right after Thanksgiving. I I'm gonna do a, um a review on that jump. But I do think that shit gonna be fire. It's definitely something I want. I'm definitely watching. I mean, geeking to watch and geeking to see that Will Smith playing uh Serena, Serena and Venus um dad. Okay, real quick, something I wanted to talk about because I seen this being a talking point where people was taking different little clips of a Scotty Pippen. And and I think it kind of even tied back into um what I was saying earlier about why the only people we don't tell to be humble is rappers. We we love rappers who pop shit and really talk that shit. Matter of fact, man, we look at we love 50 Cent, and 50 Cent is a shit talking motherfucker. Um but people are it's like Michael Jordan made the last dance because he wanted to document his history. And I guess, and the reason like niggas was saying, like even Scotty Pippen said it, like Michael Jordan only put out the last dance because he was, he's getting tired of niggas saying that LeBron is better than him. Because of course the younger people get, you only going to know Michael Jordan for the shoes. So I understood it. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. So, and, and I think it, it ties into, kind of even with the Kanye shit and whatever the case may be. And it's like, you have to tell, if you don't tell your story, somebody else going to tell it. And I think that's where Scotty is having beef with Michael Jordan with, but then it's even for Michael Jordan. It's kind of like, you have to, nigga, I have to acknowledge my own history. Cause if I don't, who is, if I don't remind motherfuckers what I've done, who going to do it for me? Because it's it's hard, like when they hear old people say, "Oh, Michael Jordan better than," and they tell you all these reasons why they feel like he better than LeBron. But until you see it and you actually watching it, it don't it, it make it a lot more easier for you to remember. Like, nah, Michael Jordan kind of was a dog, and then we all kind of you could find little parts of it where it's like, I get like you need that kind of extra anger and motivation to kind of want to take your shit to the next level. But where I guess where Scotty is catching the 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 fucked up end on it. It's like, damn dog, the way you betrayed me on this shit, like I'm fucking Steve Curl, Tony Two Coach, or one of these other niggas. So I feel like for Scotty, at the same way, he kind of like, it's cool you telling your story, but I'm not about to let you rewrite history like I was just some bum ass nigga along for the ride. Like, nah, nigga, you Michael Jordan because nigga, I played with you on your fucking, the best six years of your fucking career. Nigga, I was beside you the whole entire time. It ain't no six rings. It ain't no six and no in, in the fucking pl- in the finals without Scottie Pippen. And that's just how he feel. And I'm not mad at him. If, and, and you can even tie that in. That's the same way Kyrie felt about LeBron for real. But nobody kind of looked at Kyrie nuts for that shit. Like niggas let Kyrie leave and it is what it is. But it's like motherfuckers is mad that Scottie Pippen is speaking up and they making it like he's he seen coming off seeming like a hater. It's no, I'm not a hater, but nigga, you're not about to discredit me. And I think that's the shit a lot of people do because if you don't be out in the forefront for the validation you're looking for, motherfuckers will always discredit you and, and, and kind of belittle what you did to their career. And I feel Scotty on that shit. And that and that's the kind of West, I guess, where it can you can tie that a little bit into the conversation last week when we were talking about the Kanye West and Big Sean shit. And I, and again, that's why I kind of fuck with with the Jay-Z speech when he shouted out Dame and Biggs, he was like, it don't matter if we don't see eye to eye, I can't never discredit what y'all did because there is no Rockefeller if it's not Dame, Dash, and Biggs alongside of me. Because of course, Jay-Z gets all the credit because he's Jay-Z. 
and, and and if you're looking at on a high side looking in and even when that line when jay was like okay they say they made hove will make another one but even on the same side i can sit here and say nigga jay-z rapping wise what's the big impactful songs did jay outside of probably watch the throne what's the big impactful jay-z songs and videos and all of that other shit since him and damon and broke up because sometimes you do need that loud boisterous nigga to bring the light to your shit and of course it made jay-z eventually found a different route where he found like business moves and other shit and that's what michael jordan did we love michael jordan like it's debatable because a lot of y'all motherfuckers when michael jordan was michael jordan niggas favorite player was iverson a lot of niggas favorite player was kobe before jordan even retired like don't get it twisted kobe came in the league same time as iverson jordan last shit was 98 and he still played for the bull i mean the, the wizards them couple of years niggas was already kobe and iverson fans niggas was fucking with Shaq and shit like that so it's not like those shoes what makes him really let's be for if we all being honest the shoes is what makes him the goat if jordan had some bush ass shoes niggas wouldn't even be talking about michael jordan no more think about it like don't get a twisted child barkley got some cool retros but we don't talk about barkley like we do jordan because the shoes is it's cool he had a pair after they retroed it a couple times we don't give a fuck no more what keep Penny Hardaway relevant? The foams, the pennies. It's that shit. You know why niggas don't never give a fuck about Grant Hill? Because he has some weak-ass felaws. And don't get it twisted. I had a couple pair of them Grant Hills because some of them just was fire, but they're not iconic fire-ass shoes where it's like, we're going to talk about them shits forever. Like the Jordans. For Jay-Z, it's Rock Nation. It's the Rock Nation brunch. It's the say. It's the fucking Ace of Spade. Like his business moves has always put him in a, another upper echelon tier of like the rap shit because i still i'm still standing on i think lil wayne is still a way better rapper than jay-z by far like bar for bar just on any type of song nigga jay-z cannot do a song with soldier boy lil wayne will walk soldier boy like a dog on crank that soldier boy or whatever the fuck else you want lil wayne to get on that's the difference we're talking about just pure rapper lil wayne is better a pure rapper but because jay-z is a better businessman and black people, we so high strung on money and, and we uh, attribute money as success. That's why we put Jay-Z as such a high-ass tier. And that's what we do to Michael Jordan. And I get why Scottie Pippen will get offended by that because he like, I never wanted to outshine Mike, but I do want my fucking credit. And I feel like that's like Dame and Biggs. Them niggas never wanted to rap. And you ain't never heard Dame Dash put out a song. He ain't never wanted, he just wanted his credit. Like, nigga, I just want my just do. And I think the only reason, and that's the cool thing about Diddy, where Diddy was like, nah, only way I'm probably gonna get credited like I really want to, I'm gonna have to get on some of these songs. And I think that's the thing that separated Diddy from from fucking uh, Dame Dash. And realistically, that's probably what separated Jermaine Dupree from Dame. Because them niggas do got their own iconic songs. Their songs where they're actually rapping on. Like All About the Benjamins is a puff song. You feel me? So it's just like, Diddy was on same damn time. Don't worry about if I write rhymes, I write checks. That's Diddy on same damn time. Welcome to Atlanta. That's, you know what I'm saying? So it's certain shit where I feel like Scotty didn't mind being Michael Jordan's sidekick, but Nick, the long, like the longer history goes on, y'all being more disrespectful with this shit. It's not y'all not giving like when, when, it, when it was Pippen and Jordan, when they were playing, it was Pippen and Jordan. But now y'all getting like, they've been retired for some years they both like hall of fame niggas you treating it like scotty is just 
a fucking role player at this time. And that shit is just, bro, that's disrespectful. And I get it. He pissed. Because, like, nigga, damn, like, if I don't give myself these flowers, who the fuck gonna give them to me? And again, that goes back into the conversation I had last week. It's easy for certain people to say shit like that because you ain't never built shit. What's your shit that you could be like, I built this shit from scratch. And if I ain't do this shit, if I wasn't here, this shit wouldn't be what the fuck it is. And when you ain't never done that, you don't have those feelings. It's just like the Chicago Bulls fucking um, tearing down Michael Jordan's statue and taking his jersey out the jump. The Chicago Bulls wouldn't be a historic franchise if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. But at the same time, Pippen was there too. There wouldn't have been no team for Jordan to come back to if Scotty would have rolled when Mike rolled. What you was going to come back to? Just you and fucking um, Steve Kerr and Tony Two Coach and fucking um, what was the tall white boy number 13? I can't remember his name on the top of my head right now. That's what you was going to come back to? No, you came back to a team that was still a playoff contender. They went to the conference finals the year you wasn't there, but niggas just sneeze over that and don't give Pippen his credit for that shit. And that shit is fucked up. I, I like, bro, I really be feeling some of these niggas when they be feeling their ways because people is so, if you don't speak out for the credit that you want, motherfuckers act like you never done shit. Oh, he don't never talk about it. He ain't, he ain't build that shit. Oh, I'm act like he ain't had nothing to do with it. Cool. Until one day you wake up and you piss. And then you do what Scotty Pippen did. I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna do all these interviews about it. And all these motherfuckers who got, again, like niggas like Stephen A and all these people who got these wild criticisms on it, like, you, nah, bitch, you're not going to rewrite my history. I did this shit. They tell me I didn't. Even if y'all remember in that interview when, when Kanye was saying on Drink Champs, when him and Kobe was talking about basketball and he was, and he was studying Scottie Pippen's feet. He like, look how tall and long he is, but look how he moves, how quick he is with his feet on defense. Like, don't get it twisted. Scottie Pippen was a lockdown defender, and that shit be mattering. I just feel like sometimes a lot of that shit go over people's head and a lot of these conversations and people have, like, these dumbass takes on them because you just ain't never built shit. When you really invest your time and your money into building shit, and then you kind of, like, even if, it, like, sometimes it, it just don't work in your favor. Or it's not as successful as it's supposed to be. And I think we do that shit to Master P a lot. I feel like Master P is one of them niggas who don't get enough credit because... I don't think he had as much mainstream success as like cash money. And that's just because, because of longevity, but master P was still master P at his time. But you just kind of always watch like people always throw around like, Oh, master P broke and he, this, that, and the third, but nobody don't never say that shit about Birdman because Birdman has so much mainstream success. Birdman again is one of them shit talking, flashy, flamboyant niggas. So it's kind of like Birdman been so flashy your entire life. Nobody ain't never going to play with Birdman and say Birdman broke. But because Master P was more the laid back nigga and he kind of, you know, like he tried to just let his work speak for itself and never try to live too much in his old shit. Cause he trying to be like, I'm trying to be a dad. I'm trying to, you know, push this black excellence shit. I'm not really trying to hang my hat on my old shit. I'm trying to advance on something different. You kind of like, don't give him his credit for it. It's the shit he didn't done. Shit fucked up. Like we do. And I'm not going to just say like, this is only something that we do in the black culture. We do do it a lot. 
but then it's just be like, I don't be mad when niggas want to take their flowers. Because sometimes just be like, if I don't, if I don't take my own fucking flowers, who the fuck gonna give them to me? I ain't mad at Scotty Pippen. And maybe it might make it a lot harder for Scotty because of course, like for this generation, you you more familiar with future fucking Scotty Pippen wife and shit like that. So she kind of tarnishing his legacy. So it's kind of like that shit make it a little bit harder because you battling that now. Like you, you, you not even and niggas ain't even remembering you for basketball shit. They now the freshest thing in their memory is, oh, this little rap nigga fucking your wife. Make it hard. Shit make it a little bit difficult. So yeah, that that's my take on that Scotty Pippen shit. I'm not mad at Scotty for taking his flowers. And I'm never mad at nobody speaking on their history. Remember, Michael Jordan made that last dance because he wanted to remind people of his history. Bro, Michael Jordan is great. Still have like one of the longest running selling shoes of all times. But if he felt like I got to remind niggas, what's wrong with sometimes us regular motherfuckers reminding people? I'm sure you've done some cool shit. And just even to tie that in, that's why they have Mother's Day and Father's Day. Because your parents deserve their flowers. I don't give a fuck how you feel about them. If you are an adult and you can pay your own bills and you and you have a job and you got food in your refrigerator, your parents were successful. And that's why they make them holidays for you to give them their flowers every fucking year. Just think about that shit. Mother's Day and Father's Day is made for you to give your parents their flowers because you are here as a successful adult. You accomplish these things because your parents laid the foundation for you to get there. Scotty Pippen was a part of that. There's no Chicago Bulls legacy. There's no fucking six and zero in the finals if Scotty didn't help lay that foundation. So for people to talk about him and look at him crazy for wanting to speak up for himself and and want his fucking credit and his just do like nigga, I wasn't just some bum ass nigga going around for the ride, nigga. I was driving this car some of the fucking time too. Like I said, if you ain't never built shit, you never done nothing from scratch, sometimes this shit ain't gonna feel, it's not gonna feel no way. But uh, but again, how you feel about when you first got your first fucking apartment and then you finally got them the keys or you got approved for your first car? You don't want, it don't matter what the car was, but you don't wanna be discredited for this shit. You work for that shit. You got yourself up to the point where you can afford to move out or you can afford to get your own car. That's how Scotty felt. Like, bro, I did this shit too. It ain't no Chicago Bulls. You wouldn't give a fuck about them Jordans if we ain't fucking win all them championships. I was a part of that shit. I was there the whole entire time. That nigga played in the NBA before I got there. Guess what? He never went before I got there to the NBA finals. Just give me my just due. Stop making me sound and look like a fuck nigga because I want my flowers for some shit I was a part of. Mo, I want y'all to listen to this job real quick. This nigga Goofies is funny. Is shit. I swear, like, I, and it'd be hard for me to find shit on Instagram to really be fucking making me laugh. This nigga is fucking hilarious. Just listen to this jump real quick and we will get back into these topics. This is for them young city girls doing ball head hoe shit. 
You say you wanna be a city girl in Miami, living in a different world. Sloppy drunk, yeah, you got the Earl. You forgot you got some babies now, girl. You got kids, they hungry and shit. No more popping up, hitting different clubs. Need a pop a squat and show them kids some love. Mommy, who is this? That's your child. Oh shit, food stamps, assistance. Go blow up your air mattress. Wake up, feed the kids. Hennessy, don't do it, bitch. On the wall. Oh my god. Hey Mo, this nigga is funny as shit. That shit was actually fucking hilarious to me. And the way he even did the video, like you gotta go to his page and really watch that shit. He did that motherfucker. Okay, real because I'm about to bring coming to the the baby shit. I'm gonna read some of these um tweets from Brittany Renda. Of course, again, remember if you're a first time listener this week, I do read on a sixth grade level. So if I stutter over some words or I get lost, I'm just gonna start reading because I'm like the kid when the teacher call him up and say, "Hey, come and read in front of the class." Miss whatever, suck my dick. Um, but these tweets come from Brittany Renda, and a matter of fact, because I'm reading this after I finish this episode, I need to go follow her because this shit was like, I do feel like she catches a bad a bad break because i mean she of course she is like she is the i guess if you need healing in the demon she is the demon but but i need to follow her i've been meant to follow her a long time ago but i just was like at one point in time i was kind of trying to like not follow these type of women on instagram because i didn't want to be judged but anyway that ship is still so i'm gonna follow her after we finish this episode um a lot of men struggle with articulating their emotions so much so that they don't even know how to handle shit and when things you handle shit when things don't go their way so what do they do they restore to trying to embarrass you so nobody else wants you all right and then next tweet nobody plans to be a baby mother most people just want the family and save the ring and the uh, lectures because i get it mary doesn't mary doesn't guarantee a damn thing you could do everything right and still not work like are you okay life happens that little never be me until it's you if you choose to have a child with someone and marry or not just accept whatever comes behind it that's my only advice have having having a forever title with someone is no joke raising a baby isn't easy and people are quick to judge but it's your journey live and learn to all the mothers out there stay strong and surround yourself with those who support you in every way and nobody what we deal with with on a daily basis nobody would know what we deal with on a daily basis so hold so hold it the fuck down and get it done and that's from Brittany renner and i feel like everybody should go follow follow Brittany renner off of those fucking handful of tweets i'm definitely going to follow her on instagram after we finish recording but anyway just tying that shit into um and I can't, I wonder if I can tie this Jesse Wu uh, tweet into this too. I feel like I can, but I'm not going to force it right now. I'm going to say it and then maybe it, and maybe it doesn't fit and I don't know. I, I figure out how to, how to address this Jesse Wu shit too. No, nah, I'm going to say the Jesse Wu shit because I feel, I feel like I got a different take for fucking Jesse Wu. But getting into this baby shit, let me play this clip. Because I do, like, again, I said earlier, I do feel like this shit the baby did was corny. 
Um, and it's, you can't really justify it. I guess, I mean, if you really want to look harder into it and you really want to have something to debate, I'm sure you can find ways and reasons to justify it. But just me, I just don't see the justification in that shit at all. I remember whatever come with it and come with it. Daddy first, celebrity after. If all that bullshit I was hearing was what it was, my baby wouldn't be right here on my arms. Cooling. I'll take care of my kids, but I'm going to take care of my kids. Oh. And the Saudi family is trying to chime in and and speak on a situation y'all don't even know her. She don't know y'all either. She ain't never seen y'all a day in her life. Shorty mama, you ain't even met your grandbaby yet. And I guess on that note is, is the crazy thing about social media, right? You, 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 we don't never know these people and you never know what motherfuckers really be going through. Cause for him to say that, I'm sure I mean, from the takeaways, what we can get from the argument is uh, they've been living together for three months. So he going to know who, I mean, it doesn't have been canceled for how long he was canceled for like a month. So out of them three months, he was in the house for at least a month out of those. So he know who came and seen that baby or who haven't. So for like, even just if the parents is fucking chiming in or the sister or whoever the fuck else is trying to add their little two cents in on the situation via social media it's like bro y'all don't know what the fuck is going on and i don't know what's you none of us know what's going on in these people's houses but i do feel like bro, just posting too much shit on social media is like what the fuck is the point of that shit and i get what he was trying to say the reason why he was trying to justify like i gotta get ahead especially for him because motherfuckers do like do the fucking 21 pile on on this nigga immediately anything this nigga do wrong motherfuckers try to find a reason to cancel him so i get it and then it's just like, even for women, though, I'm looking at women like on Twitter, like, oh, that's what she get. I thought yellow bones is what he like. And it's just like, bro, y'all hold on to hurt so much to celebrities fucking businesses. Like, even if that was what she thought his type was. And like I said, again, going back into the shit earlier in the episode, it's like, you, we don't never know what the shit people are telling motherfuckers behind closed doors because everybody run a good game. I'm sure this nigga was telling her some whole next level shit to make her feel like she was the only motherfucker for him. And that's why she even said, like when he kept trying to scream the side chick shit and saying she was delusional and this, that, and the third. And she like, all right, nigga, I hear you, but I can screenshot you and post these text messages where you say otherwise. And I do, I think, I think I took this as a note for me. I feel like every man, if you really into um, a woman, I do feel like you should have some vulnerable corny text messages, some weird ass emojis that you probably never use besides with her. You should have these things in, in your, in your, your, she should have access to them. Like there's no way I can really say I'm intimate with a woman and she doesn't have any form of vulnerability to me and bet. And this is when I can tie the Jesse Wu shit in with this bullshit. I was trying to figure out when I could do it. So Jesse Wu had a post and it, I guess they picked it up on the blogs and she said, it's crazy. It's crazy how difficult it is to find an emotional, intelligent, available men, especially black ones. It's also crazy how emotionally available those same men are for non-black women. It's volatile at this point. And, and I guess I get what she's saying, but I think my, my biggest thing for, especially for super popular, I guess, like 
because Jesse Wu was kind of like, I don't think she's no more popular than just like a social media junk, right? I mean, I don't, if she done other shit, I don't know about it. But, and there's no knock on her, but when y'all feel like you're some form of celebrity or some whatever the case may be, bro, y'all don't want to date down. So you always want to deal with niggas who have options. I don't, like, I don't feel sorry for them type of women. Like, bro, lower your fucking standards, bitch. Like, you swear to God, did you, like, you, you the big shit popping and y'all don't have to date down? Cool. You don't have to date down, then guess what? Them niggas ain't got to be emotionally open for you. You want a nigga to be emotionally available for you? Make that nigga feel secure. And guess the only niggas you're going to be able to make feel secure is niggas who make less money than you. Start when, when, when these celebrities, only, only women you always keep hearing all these wild ass stories about is women who be so pressed for niggas to be able to financially meet their status. The nigga got to be this, that, and the third. Long list of shit. Yeah, when I meet all this long list of shit, guess what I don't know how to do? Be emotionally available for shit. When I think I said this shit on here like two weeks ago, when you chasing money, bro, yo, mo, you check, you gotta check your emotions at the door. It ain't no, it's no, it ain't no emotions, and I don't give a fuck. We need like someone no street shit. We talking about you could be just a hardworking motherfucker after you work 12, 14 hours a day, bro. You don't ain't no emotions in you besides I'm tired of shit. So women looking for niggas to be financially stable, and you looking for niggas to be emotionally stable, bro? How? And what fucking planet is that's happening at? Like, that's when I be feeling like motherfuckers just don't live in reality. And I be, when I see them little posts, like, I only, because somebody sent it to me, the only reason why I even fucking seen this shit. Because that shit be just dumb. It'd be like, no, how, bitch? Why? Go find you the handsome ass Amazon working nigga. I bet you that nigga be fucking emotionally available for you. I bet you that nigga have a million of fucking things. He's going to be happy as shit he got you. But you trying to fucking date the wide receiver for fucking, let's say, the Seahawks. Bitch, okay, I got like 30 bitches who look just like you. Why the fuck should I be vulnerable with you? Why? Okay. Oh, and you, you want to be this super entrepreneur boss bitch, and you don't want to be submissive. Cool. What am I fucking wasting my time telling you my fucking traumas and my long stories, a list of shit that happened to me? What you about to do about it? Same shit I just said a few minutes ago for some women. After they tell you all this magical shit and you can't fix their life, after they tell you this, if all you got for them is some words and they looking for more, they going to bounce on you. It's the same shit niggas is doing. But tying that back into the, the baby shit, it's just like, I guess for a lot of niggas, you looking at it like, damn, this shorty bad. Like, I literally just looked at it. I was looking um, looking up so I can get the, with some of these topics and the details in it. And I seen the picture that they used for her. I'm like, this bitch is bad. I get it. And I ain't even, and then I guess the thing that started their argument was that she fucking got some plan B's delivered to the condo they stand in. I'm not even mad at the baby for trying to put another baby in her. But that's where I do feel like he's corny because it's just like, bro, if you if this bitch got to get a, a plan B because you keep trying to shoot her club but she got a whole three month EO with you, like you should, like, nigga, you got to be man enough to not take this shit and put it on social media. Like, come the fuck on. Like, and that shit is just crazy to me. Like, I just don't, I'm not a person who believes in overshaying shit on social media just because I don't fucking feel like I, for one, I don't want to have to fucking feel like I need validation on shit. And I don't want to have to justify shit. That go back into almost like the point where I was saying about like, nigga, if I'm really into a bitch, I don't even, I'm not even sending her in a group chat no more. Cause I don't need to, I don't need the validation or justify why I'm fucking with this woman. I just fuck with her. And that shit he did, it was just like, I hear you while you're trying to feel like you're trying to save your ass, but it's just like, why even let it get to that point? 
and don't get it twisted. I understand we've all been in at least probably one heated argumental conversation, but it shouldn't come to the point where you feel like, bro, she, this this girl is like light skin, light skin. Like you can, I feel like you can sneeze on her and she gonna get some type of bruise. So she's not gonna be able to tell somebody, did you hit her unless you really hit her? So what the fuck are we talking about? So really, what's the point of you posting it on social media? Like, what you feel like? So do people, and, and don't get it twisted. I do see a lot of women who don't like her on social media. So they like, well, I don't feel sorry for you because you did. You didn't feel sorry for his other baby mother. Cool. Whatever the case may be. But I do. Only thing I would tell people is be careful on how much judgmental you are with these celebrities, because a lot of y'all do the same shit the baby did. I see a lot of women saying the baby is goofy and he a clown. Y'all want me to start screenshotting when y'all write to the black wall and then just send it to you for these moments? Like, remember when you did this? Or is it okay because you're a woman? Now, if you say it's okay for you to be a woman to talk about your emotions and bash whoever you feel like behind that black wall on your Instagram story, if you're okay with that, then basically the question that Jesse Wu asks is, y'all don't allow men to be emotionally available because a man can't write on the wall on the black wall and tell y'all how he emotionally feel oh he a bitch ass nigga if i like to listen and post music talk listening to the city girls or randy rooch y'all you gay oh so i can't fucking i can't like feminine music that make me gay so if i write on the black wall i'm a bitch ass nigga if i listen to too much girl music i'm soft you're gay guess what now how what emotions can i have if, if you, as a man, if you start, if you start fucking with too many R&B songs and I'm posting R&B songs, I'm just singing and I'm just in my body. Oh, who broke your heart? Well, nobody. I ain't been in a relationship in like three years. Ain't nobody break my fucking heart, but I like this music. I can relate to it. I can feel it, but I can't even enjoy this shit. If I want to enjoy it and post it on social media without somebody fucking questioning it. Are you okay? Well, now I'm not, I'm not, guess what? I'm not emotionally available because I can't write on the, on my black wall. Cause I'm a bitch ass nigga. If I do that. I can't listen to no fucking ratchet ass um, female rap shit because that make me gay. And then I can't fucking sit here and listen to R&B and want to cry and be a, like a, emotional with that, with with emotional music. Because now that means that somebody had to break my heart. It's just like, that's why motherfuckers ain't emotionally available because society going to always tell me that shit ain't cool. But it's okay for you women to bash everybody, not just niggas, but your mother, your aunt, your cousin, your friend is some bullshit. And some of y'all so scary, y'all put this shit in y'all close friends. But I'd be like, damn, should we start screenshotting the shit and just reminding y'all when niggas like the baby do his corny shit? Oh, you did the same corny shit like a week ago. A lot of y'all overpost a lot of shit on social media. I can't, that's why I'm kind of like, I think the shit the baby did is corny, but I think a lot of shit that everybody do on social media is corny at times. Especially when it comes with dealing with emotions and your true feelings. When you get caught in the moment and you allow your, you allow social media to get the best of your feelings and your emotions, you're never going to really be able to unpack them because guess what? Now other people are feeding you your, their opinions on your emotions. So now guess what that do? That just made me second guess all my emotions. Cause soon as I post them, somebody giving you their opinion on it. And of course, as a celebrity, I mean, that, you, you pick that battle. You make that bad cause you didn't have to post it. But a lot of motherfuckers don't have friends. I keep telling y'all. And I just learned the more I podcast and the more I get vulnerable, people are uh, allowing themselves to be vulnerable with conversationals back to me in the DM, via text, or whatever the case may be. 
So I understand, bro. It'd be a lot of motherfuckers that you looking at and talking to every day who be wanting to just get the world off their shoulders every fucking day, but they don't got nobody to do it with. Y'all motherfuckers don't make your friends feel safe. And the, the fucked up thing about it is where I really feel for women. Most women, y'all fucking somebody, but you have to feel like you have to find a whole different male or a male friend to allow these um, to speak these emotions into. I, me personally, I don't want to have sex with somebody I cannot bold my emotions with. If I can't emotionally break down with you, why the fuck am I fucking you for? That shit don't make no sense. And then that shit, even with the baby and, and shorty, that shit, and I understand. And you could tell she was really caught in her emotions because she's like, nigga, I had a baby with you. You, the shit you trying to, you trying to play it like I'm some side chick or some weird shit like that. Yo, the 49ers is kicking the Rams ass. This shit is blowing me because they're going to really do Odell dirty on all sports shows tomorrow. But anyway, that shit just like, I'm looking, even while she arguing with the police, she just really in her feelings because she really think it's something different from there. Whatever this nigga's telling her in closed doors or via text or whatever the case may be, she is so emotional and so distressed about this shit is because this nigga's telling her something totally different. And again, um, I didn't even, the crazy thing is, and, and, I, and the fucked up thing about it is he had to do all this dumb ass shit. I was really about to come in here and like, I didn't, he had an EP that he recently put out and there was like two songs on there that I fuck with. And I'm like, damn, I can't even talk about these two songs I fuck with. But the funny thing is she wrote one of them songs and, and that was in, in her little post when she was just like, um, Oh, since this bitch ass nigga want to fucking sit here and take time to promote his EP and his tour he got coming up, go listen to the songs that I wrote. And she said it was, um, I know it was sticked up. I remember that one. That was the one with 21 Savage and it was, it's only six songs on here. What was the other one? I think she said, I think she said looking like something. The sticked up John. Even even anyway, I fuck with the sticked up John. And then he got another song on his own called Roof. The Roof song to me was the hardest song off that whole project. Out of them six, that Roof John, like that shit. Yeah, that shit was an instant. I added that John to my gym playlist. Um, but the sticked up John with him at 21, that shit was different. And then when she said it, it kind of made sense to me because the baby really don't do the melodic shit, but Danny Lay does that melodic shit. Matter of fact, I'm gonna play a clip of it just so you can kind of get a feeling where when she says she wrote it, I believed it because I'm listening to it like, oh, this makes sense now. I'm sure a lot of y'all probably not even familiar with her music, but when she said that and I was like, damn, that really made sense now. And so again, uh, just, just my perfect example. That's a new project for, from him. This is that he literally just put this out on Friday. So for like, that's why I'm not a fan of him. Like don't use the side chick shit because you ain't letting this girl write you. ain't yeah, For one, you ain't having a baby with her and she writing fucking hooks for you. 
Like, come on, bro. That ain't no side chick. We ain't about to do it like that. And that's corny. I'm just not a, like, just as a, I'm, I'm not a fan of that one because they got kids together and then, damn, that 49 is changed. Icy is a bitch. Um, this nigga faking. You you can't erase those shits. Like, you can't erase that shit. Your kids gonna see that shit. And then you just giving your other baby mothers just too much extra. Man, that shit is too much shit. That shit is just like, it's so fucking messy and it's corny. Like, as a man, man or women, I don't give a fuck who it is. Like, stop misleading people and just gassing motherfuckers up, like, to believe just bullshit. And then, like, look at them like they fucking crazy when they kind of, like, when their fucking emotions getting the best out of motherfucker because you lied to me you told me it was something totally different like bitch stop playing with me on like we ain't just build this fucking different type of bond because clear as day like i said baby three months old nigga she wrote a song on your brand new project that don't sound like no side chick to me you can't even there's no way you can dress that up as a side chick i don't give a fuck how you try to make that shit sound but again, like I said, that's just celebrity bullshit that nobody really give a fuck about next week. I'm sure the only person that really kind of um, loses like out of this shit, like a casualty at war is fucking uh, Cole, what's her name? Coley Ray. I always keep fucking forgetting her name. Why is she murking them fucking tail feather Ugg boots? I don't, I, don't, like, I don't know if that shit been talked about. Like, I know motherfuckers like hating on her, but I like her little swag. Like she really kind of sneaky putting this shit on. That tail feather Uggs clabo, like that shit is alright, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. Like that would be a joke. Like if you had a girl, like that's a cool Christmas joke for. So for all the niggas, like I don't know how hard it is to get that shit or not, but that little tail feather Uggs clabo, I fuck with that shit. That the hat, the hoodie, the shoes, the bag, like that whole little situation. That's a good situation. And she just like I, only thing I think I didn't like that she had on. I think it was like maybe some jeans out of that mix. But she just like she put that shit on. I fuck with her. And I'm just I kind of feel like damn like that twin in them John was like the baby went crazy on that twin in them remix. And I was just like damn like she kind of can't even promote that shit this week. And the funny thing is, I follow her on Instagram and like literally she promoting a friend's giving. That's a cool thing. I'm glad I remember that. I never been to one of those things. I don't even like, and I know for women, like that shit is a thing thing. Like Friendsgiving is like a huge thing for like women who really like y'all heavily on y'all girl group shit. So I don't know if that's like a nigga. So I guess I'm asking the niggas, have y'all ever, any of y'all ever been to Friendsgiving? Like, is that a thing for dudes or is that just like a woman thing? I'm sure it probably really got to be a woman thing because a bunch of niggas like who going to cook the food. Because if it's a group of 10 niggas, it ain't about to be 10 niggas doing that motherfucker on the P level when it comes to cooking. I ain't about to believe that one. Um, Yeah, now that was just a sidebar. I literally just seen her posting a video talking about friends giving, and I think she just caught the short end of the stick because she ain't gonna be able to go super crazy with the promo on that fucking feature with the baby on it now because he's doing this bam ass shit. And the shit is very corny again. I, I don't feel like there's no place in line or nothing where I can like you can't shoot that nigga no bill. I, I just I I do. Damn, the Rams is playing like some shit, bro. They blowing me. The only reason why I played that clip, right? Because sometimes I, with people just on social media, piss me off, especially on Twitter. So video of Tiana Taylor giving Young Miami and Ruby Rose a lap dance. 
and the lap dance definitely looked fire. And Young Miami was really into it. You see a bunch of motherfuckers like Team. Matter of fact, Tiana's name was trending for a whole day. And I think um was it, was that the same day? I think somebody passed out, was about to pass out of her show, and then she grabbed a girl and was like, nah, you're not about to uh, fucking, um, I'm about to retire. You're not about to pull an Astro World on me. Um, and pulled the girl up on this, this like, if, like right in front of the stage and set her in the chair and, and like talked to the girl, make sure she got herself together, right? But anyway, it was just kind of like, it's mind blowing to me is like how we can always complain about just certain fucking like artists not blowing up. Or certain shit being a secret because it's um it's because it's like it's so weird on like how people pick and choose like what you I guess what you want to kind of like promote because Tiana Taylor's fire and I seen a lot of people like damn it's crazy that Tiana Taylor feel like she got to retire because again we don't give her her proper just do we don't give her her flowers and she feels unappreciated and it's just like. And I guess she probably even feel like, of course, when she put on a good outfit, like her page do crazy numbers, everybody up under the comments, men and women of all walks of life. But when it comes to her music, it's like it kind of go unappreciated. And it's just funny because a homegirl of mine sent me a, a, a jump maybe a week before this video went out and asked me, have I ever heard homebody? And that the crazy thing is, that's a Tiana Taylor and Lord Dirk song. It was on. It was on Lil Dirk project, but it was more promoted like a Tiana Taylor song. And I was like, that's probably why you didn't hear about it. And she was like, oh, that makes sense. Because of course, if it, I think, and at this point, I think this was before Lil Dirk really hit his stride, like to where he at right now. So this was before, I guess the, I guess what y'all say, the turning point for Dirk realistically, I guess like mainstream wise was him being featured on a Laugh Now, uh, Cry Later song. Let's say if it was, well, this song was out before then, right? So it didn't get as much traction, but I'm just like, it's just so crazy that Tiana Taylor is so multifaceted and so talented on so many different levels. But it's like, she really is like one of those motherfuckers who people kind of like, they like her, but they just really don't make a big deal about her. They don't give her her flowers. And then you kind of understand when motherfuckers be like, all right, well, cool. Fuck this shit. Yeah, I don't appreciate the shit. And you can't really like, of course, she can kind of blame it on the label because you don't never want to lash out at the fans. But it's just like, because okay, um, the tour is sold out. So it's like, I can't say the fans ain't appreciating her, but is it like because of the lack of streams or is it because of like the lack of conversation? And this is me thinking out loud and trying to process it Um, where she feel unappreciated because, like I said, when she do go on tour, it is well received, but then I guess I'm sure it takes a lot to go on tour. All the core, um, the core graphics and all that shit. And then you got to pay all the dancers. So it's kind of like, I'm sure most artists realistically, you appreciate people spending their money to come see you, but you would appreciate it way more if your streaming numbers backed it up as well. Because like you, you got to break less bread with motherfuckers. You got to put less effort into that. It's, I'm not saying you don't put effort in going to the studio, but going to the studio and recording a song takes way less effort than it does have to go on tour and perform that same exact song. Especially for somebody like Tiana, where you got like the the crazy um, screen show and you got the dances and you putting a lot of energy into that shit. That shit will get draining if that's the only time you get, uh, you know, glorification. 
Like that's the only time people actually celebrate you is when you actually going up. Man, I wish Russell Westbrook stopped fucking shooting these threes. This nigga blows this shit out of me. Oh my god, like bro. And I'm not like the Debbie Downer when it comes to like the Lakers because I'm just gonna deal with this shit. But like, bro, I really. This is how I'm get back to the Teon Taylor. But I'm starting to kind of low key like hate LeBron's. Um, I hate GM LeBron. I love LeBron as a basketball player, but I hate GM LeBron because this is like my nigga. You gave and, and and shout outs to all the people who are like Lakers fans. Like y'all was Lakers fans before I was a Lakers fan. Like y'all were Kobe Laker fans. And y'all kind of weird, just like LeBron, because y'all was the same motherfuckers. Oh, get Kyle Kuzma out of here. Kuzma some shit. Kyle Kuzma and fucking Montrez Harrow are pissing me off because the Wizards is supposed to be some shit so the tickets could be dirt cheap. These bitch ass niggas got the best record in the fucking Eastern Conference, and Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell is balling their ass off. Don't get it twisted. Bradley Bill is playing cool, but Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell are really balling like shit. And we just traded these niggas for Russell Westbrook, bitch ass, man. Oh my fucking God. Just think about that shit. This nigga Kuzma is averaging like 20 something a game. Montrez, I think Montrez Harrell might be even averaging like 20. So you gave both of these niggas away for Russell Westbrook, turn over turn. Oh my God. Like, Ah, that shit pissing me off. And then fucking, what's this nigga? Um, Caruso. Oh, man. He in Chicago hooping. Ah, fuck that. Anyway, back to Tiana Taylor. But she doesn't get, I guess, I'm sure that shit would sit with motherfuckers funny. Like, I always just try to find ways to put myself in other people's shoes to kind of understand where shit will frustrate them. Because sometimes like, it's not about the money for a lot of motherfuckers. After you get money, like money don't do it for you sometimes. Like you do want you want your flowers. You want motherfuckers to celebrate you. And I guess that kind of go back into the Scottie Pippen shit earlier. So you can, I kind of can't be mad at her, but then I can get like, if I'm her, the shit that will piss me off is y'all want to come and see me and a video goes viral now because I gave another girl a lap dance. Not because of all the other cool shit and the way I perform is because I gave somebody a fucking lap dance. Like that kind of just discredit every other fucking thing I done done on this whole fucking tour, but this is the shit to go viral. And I'm sure for motherfuckers who really take their craft serious, that will be the part that will blow this shit out of anybody. Like, really just think about this shit. Think about you really, like, I'm talking about this, like, if y'all go go find some clips or watch, like, try to go watch some of her highlights on, like, bro, she be putting on a show show. So that little fucking lap dance, like, I feel like that's almost like the break for her because that's the light part of her show. So, I don't know. But it's just it's just little things like those little things that kind of sit with me, and I I just wanted to just bring it up to it because I was like, damn, like she really only getting her just due because of a fucking lap dance. Her album was low key fire, like that wake up. You had about this wake up love song. Amara Shepard may be a great father, great boyfriend, all that other cool shit, husband, but he's a ass ass rapper. And she put this nigga. This could have easily been a hit record for her, and which it is still a big song for her. But I'm sure it could have been a bigger song if she would have put Rick Ross on that jump. Damn it! I'm glad I just said something about Rick Ross. I want y'all to don't ever in your life get it fucked up with Rick Ross and that dumbass cover. I was here for the jokes last week. Yeah, Rick Ross definitely looked like Saucy Santana, for sure. I, I'm with y'all on that one. But oh my fucking God, boy. That song with him and fucking uh, Jasmine Sullivan and 21 Savage. Hey, yo, let me tell you something. Rick Ross may be one of the best niggas to do it when it comes to that fucking, that smooth-ass big boy talking shit with an R&B motherfucker on the hook like that that i guess like his signature shit would be the Maybach music shit i just want to play a little bit of clip of this like i want you to hear the hook a little bit and hear him oh my man 
21 did cool. I was like, I'm listening to it. I'm like, damn, who could he have put on this joint and probably would have murdered this shit? I'm sure he got Drake on something better. But I was just thinking, like, this would have probably been a cooler joint for like Wale, maybe like Benny the Butcher. And even if you kind of wanted to go on some like right now relevant shit, and it's no disrespect, but Jada Kiss is like super hot, like right now off of the versus shit. I would have put Jade on here because the 21 Savage, like, he ain't murky like he did, like the shit him, him and Drake be doing. Like, it was a cool 21 verse, but it wasn't like Rick Ross and Jasmine Sullivan did their fucking thing thing. Like, this was like, I don't feel like 21 ready for this level of like thing thing. I'm gonna let y'all get it, you listen, and then you can kind of get it. I don't even wanna play 21 verse, but I do wanna play the just a little bit of the hook and some of Rick Ross' verse, and you can just try to imagine 21 being on here, and this wasn't for him. in a car porch. Since everybody asking where your car's going. Mozzarella now is only tall cheddar. Nah, this fat bitch is talking that shit. Listen to Rick Ross, bro. Like when you heard that, as soon as you hear that, Maybach music, he come in. Huh. You already know this nigga about the motherfucker hit you with the fucking uh, cradle to the baby and rock this shit to bed. That nigga said these niggas only balling when their albums drop. Huh. Something, something, something. Niggas, hey, yo, this, I put a fucking fucking golf course in my back, y'all. Rick Ross be talking that big boy shit, my nigga. Like, only Rick Ross could talk like that. Like, that, I think, like, you know how sometimes it's just, like, like, off of Jay-Z family tree, and it's just so funny, other niggas that Jay-Z signed that, like, when Jay-Z was the president of Def Jam was Rick Ross and Jeezy. Like, those was his two-star takeaway people he signed. And Jeezy, I guess the thing he took away from Hove would be the storytelling. And that luxury rap, like super rich nigga rapping shit that Jay-Z do, Rick Ross is like right neck to neck with Jay-Z on that. And I guess that that's kind of what make Jay-Z so great because what Jeezy do great, Jay-Z do great when it comes to just like that storytelling and like making, selling drugs sound like it's the best thing you could ever do in life. Like Jeezy and Jay-Z do that shit very well. And then it's like, like rapping like ridiculously rich where it's like almost painting a fucking movie is Rick Ross and Jay-Z. Like Rick Ross do that shit very well. Like that beat just sound like you supposed to be riding around in something clean with the AC pumping. Like did you only put your window down on this shit? You gotta have the A on. <laughs> just let that shit just ride, bro. Like at nighttime, like you can't even ride around listening to this shit on the day. You gotta wait until there's like the city at its brightest lights out and it's just cool and you just going, this nigga Ross talk crazy. I'm not even gonna fucking hold you. Rick Ross is really the, he really him. Like he really like that. I got more money than these rappers is rapping around the clock. <laughs> 
Like he letting you know, like y'all niggas doing all these festivals and rapping your ass off and doing all this shit else. You bitch ass niggas still ain't rich as the boss. Like Rick Ross is crazy, bro. Rick Ross really. So if you if you could just listen to that little bit, I only had to play twenty one. You should be able to just kind of imagine like twenty one can't swim on this type of shit. Like you got to put like that's why I do feel like one of them Griselda niggas will fit perfectly on there. Like especially like Benny the Butcher or Conway because they do kind of like talk crazy. Like not on that level of Rick Ross talking crazy, but on like on some street flash shit. They really be getting their shit off. But um, real quick, why we why because we are here in the nation's capital. Um, I do want to sit here and bring light to this. How uh university st students, how university students have reached a resolution with the university officials after protesting um unlivable housing conditions for over thirty days. So let me see if it say what happened. According to CNN, Frank Tremble, a spokesman for the university, released a statement on Monday morning confirming that the school has come to a resolution with the students that will approve a further commitment to a later date on Howard's also confirmed the news via Twitter star and the universal president, Dr. Wayne A.I. Frederick would share a more extent message later in a uh, and in, in the live moment in the live stream, the press conference was an organization organization funder. Uh, what is this girl name? Anya Vines, the organizer of um, Eric English, who serves the president of Howard University. The young what is it? The Young Democrats Society of America shared in the commitments. As previously reported. They came to obligation November 1st of speaking on a protest and unfortunately was rushed to the hospital and fallen. So it sounds like a bunch of shit, but it don't, I mean, it don't say what they came agreed to. I see a clip. Let me try to play this and see if it give any more insight because I'm just sound like a bunch of bullshit. It don't sound like, I don't hear where they said they came to agreement on what they're going to do though. All right, well, this video taking too long, and they, but anyway, so they say they came up with an agreement. I guess we'll see how that play out. I'm sure you really won't be able to get the real details on how it's going to play out, and probably until after the, realistically, probably until after the holidays. So realistically, they probably just bought themselves some time with some bullshit lip service, to be honest, because, I mean, what, most colleges going to win a break, like, after Thanksgiving? Because I don't think it, they don't go back after Thanksgiving, or if they do, it's only for, like, a couple of weeks. So I'm sure, like, they got time to figure it out. So I'm sure you're probably really not going to hear no real, um, no real information on this shit until I guess after, probably after the new year. Cause I, I don't know. I kind of trying to remember how most colleges do it. I'm not hundred percent positive. Cause I never went to college, but I think like most of them after Thanksgiving break, they may go back to school for a week. If that, it probably depends on the school. Some of them don't go back to school after Thanksgiving. So some of them may go back to school for like two weeks and then they gone until like mid January. So I'm sure like that's going to buy them some time. And it caught, and just to stay into the DMV, uh, Dave Chappelle, a parent, 
of Dave Chappelle's appearance at a high school fundraiser has postponed due to threats of students walking out uh, steaming after his Netflix controversy. And for people, the reason why y'all say it, why is this the DMV? This happened at uh, Duke Ellington. And for people who live out of town and don't know what Duke Ellington is, it's one of those performing arts high school where it's like, uh, I kind of don't know how to, I mean, it's a performing arts high school. I don't know how to describe it. I guess you would describe it. Like what's that school in New York that Nicki Minaj went to? I guess it's one of them type of jumps. I don't know. And and I, I probably, I feel like I should know because I felt like I've known motherfuckers who went there and have probably told me about this school a million times, but I just can't like kind of remember off the top of my head. But I know that they do like, I do know the kids that go to that school, like those be the motherfuckers who work at like the um, Kennedy Center and shit like that. Like they like really be like into performing, I guess like, I want to say like opera shit, dancing and different type of stuff like that. I, I guess, but whatever the case may be. And I think from the reports I heard, it was literally like two kids that was like, nah, fuck this shit. We speaking up for our other classmates. So it's like on paper, it's say like two kids, but they're saying that they're speaking up for more than just them. It's other classmates who are in the um in the community and feel like it's a slap in the face that y'all letting Dave Chappelle come up here and raise. And the crazy thing is though, he's raising money to help them get a new auditorium. So it's like ah, they almost pulling uh, um uh the dad from the BMF type of shit. Like, nah, I don't pay for our mortgage. Unpay that shit. Like, what? Are y'all really about to take stands when this nigga about to get, buy y'all a whole new auditorium? But I guess because the auditorium going to be named after Dave Chappelle, but it's still like, you really going to turn this down? Like, some people, shout out to motherfuckers who got nuts to have, like stand on that type of shit. I ain't going to hold you. I ain't built like that. I ain't about to motherfucking be like, nah, fuck your auditorium because you said whatever. And Again, I'm sidebar. The Lakers are getting ass beat by the Bulls right now. It's 31 19. Like, bro, LeBron is pissed. I, I, I don't know if y'all really hearing that, like, the, the fucking, um, the disdain in my voice. Like, the fucking, I'm, I'm like, I'm super disappointed in this season right now as a Lakers fan. Like, I'm really like, fuck LeBron James right now. Like, he's really pissing me off. Like, he is like, I, at this, at the rate he going on, I'm never going to get to see Space Jam too, because this nigga's blowing me. I guess I got another question for y'all. Any of y'all heard the the um the deluxe version of the Donda jump? And it's kind of like, don't get it twisted. The music and shit was good, but it's kind of like for Kanye, I guess, and it's kind of I guess can tie it into the Jordan thing, where it's like for Kanye to be such a fashion icon at this point and the reason why i'm not gonna sit here and say like i don't know if nick some people may try to dress like kanye but i'm not saying like that now but i'm just saying like his shoes is in the iconic realm now where all his shoes damn near sell out they become a big deal on social media like it's like us like you really like i i'm seeing a lot of like especially like the um the people who like are popular on instagram for like their fashion shit it's like a big thing. Like I'm watching motherfuckers hurry up and force outfits just to show that they got the Yeezy um, snow boots early. So he's like, because he's such a big deal in this motherfucking, um, in this fashion space, but it's like he dropped the deluxe and it's not a big deal. It's like, let's be real. Nigga, if, if Drake put out a deluxe to the CLB, everybody in their mother would be talking about it. I'm sure right now for a lot of y'all, this is the first time you'd be like, damn, I ain't even know Kanye put out the deluxe. He did. I think it came out either Sunday or Monday, but if you go on your Apple Music, it's there now. And that song, I guess the leaked version of, what was it? It was him and Andre 3000. That song is out uh, 
right now, but it's just so crazy. It's just like Kanye is still a big deal, but it's like kind of still a big deal because that was a good album, but I I don't feel I don't know how much replay value it has on it. Like I do, I'm thinking everybody probably the song that I'm sure everybody kind of fell in love with off that project was the junk with him and um Fabio, but that may be like the only standout song I really see. And it's just kind of weird. Like, damn, this nigga put out a deluxe and nobody give a fuck. Like, you see more people talking about the bullshit he was saying on the interview than you actually seeing motherfuckers talk about the music. And that's like, that's one, to me, that's like one of the scariest places you can be as an entertainer, especially as a rapper. Like, you living on clickbaits and not real um, music shit. And I guess I can kind of tie that back into Tiana Taylor. I guess that's why tiana may not be as popular because it's just like she don't do no clickbait shit like you kind of know what you gonna get from tiana taylor like especially even on her social media page it's gonna be like i'm being a cool ass mom with my daughter i'm giving up body goals when i motherfucking take my when i show my abs and i'm gonna give you a shitload of drip i'm gonna give you drip like 98 percent of the time everything else is a bonus so in the, and I'm like and, and I guess like in the world we live in where it's not like baby father and baby mama drama is like somebody you know what I'm saying like cheating on you or shit like that it's like you do your music get the fucking looks that you want when you're not doing shit to go viral it's like sometimes your shit do go on look and I think that's why people especially a lot of the younger niggas is is almost like damn they willing to die and go to jail just so they can always keep themselves in in the clickbait um situation and matter of fact i'm glad i brought this up this gonna sound crazy right but i do want to give six nine some fucking credit for holding his nuts on um ah how the fuck um j prince because i don't know if y'all remember just run this back real quick when j prince and them niggas was like you got to check in and at one point in time when six nine was before he was a rat and he was running around with all the blood niggas he was making it a thing like, nigga, I'm not checking in with nobody. Y'all niggas could suck my dick. And he had that same energy for Jay Prince and his sons. And he definitely went to Houston and didn't check in. And the reason why, and the reason why I'm saying that now is kind of like, it's just so funny how shit just worked. Cause it's like, and it was somebody else who was like, they wasn't checking in. I can't remember. Um, Damn, I should have wrote that shit down. But six nine came to the top maker. Six nine was the only person that I that really stood out. It was somebody else, but I can't remember who the other person was. But Jay Prince is like, here's a real big deal on that fucking in Texas, period. But especially in Houston. But in Texas and whole, he really like, if he wanna reach out and touch you when you in the town, he gonna reach out and touch you. And so that's the kind of the reason where it's like, I'm like Kanye West ain't a street nigga, but it's just like, and I'm feeling like, damn, if anybody can kind of avoid getting pressed by a street nigga, it should be Kanye West. But I feel like Jay Prince is such a big figure in Texas. You don't have to be a street nigga. If you just wanna do any type of business in Texas, this nigga can reach out and touch you. So for people, I'm sure y'all seen that video of Kanye West, uh, looking like he's reading off of like a fucking hostage letter and jay prince the father jay prince senior standing right beside him while kanye's reading this letter like saying yeah i mean drake we crossed the lines whatever the case may be blah 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 we trying to do a, a fundraiser concert i would like for drake to join me in a fundra fundraiser conference for larry hoover jr oh the other person and i probably read um miss wording this shit or some shit i remember this when Dirk said this shit and it went viral and he was like, 
I don't give a fuck if even if Larry Hoover was free, he can't stop this shit that's going on in Chicago right now. Like, ain't no stopping this nigga. Only people stopping this is us. Like, this shit is real beef is up and this shit is dead for us. I remember him saying that. And I remember, like, niggas was trying to give him um a little kickback on that. But I guess where he kind of, like, I mean, he out there, for real. And his friends is really out there. So, I mean, I guess, like, what he's saying is just, like, yeah, that old head shit ain't flying in Chicago no more. Like, that back in the day when old head niggas kind of their word was law, it ain't that no more. And that's why niggas out here go, crashing out the way they going. So that was the other person. But yeah, but 6ix9ine really stood on that shit. And him and his men really was not checking in with niggas at all when they was going. And I was just like, damn, it's so funny. Like, 6ix9ine is like a wild hot nigga. And people going to be like, but him, when them niggas was running, like, and they was running around and he was really like telling everybody to suck his dick, he really stood on some shit. Where it's just like, I'm watching Kanye like, damn, G, they got you. And they got you good. Like, you real live look like a motherfucker reading off a hostage letter. And this man standing right beside you. And everybody who know or kind of understand how the music business go, you understand what's going on with this nigga standing beside you. And the first thing that thought in my mind was like, damn, you got to kind of give 6 9 some respect. He did not fold up like a bitch on this shit. Him and his niggas was really ready to go to war about that shit. Just a fun fact, just a tidbit, just a kind of little tie in, just shit where my brain goes when I see certain shit. Um, I'm probably about, I ain't gonna hold y'all up too much longer. Let me look through these topics real quick, and I think I probably got like one or two more to go, and we up out of here. To my four million followers and counting, my candy kisses and my clovers, thank you all so much for loving me, and I love you right on back. There's a lot more to come. Hey Mo, listen to me. She gonna put an OnlyFans link in her bio after that. And if y'all don't even know who that is, I don't even want to tell y'all because she deleted off her Instagram page. I had to go follow find this on a different one of them pages. But that's Chloe Bailey. Hey Mo, when I seen that video, I said no. She gotta fucking relax, dog. This looked like a video that was literally for some fucking OnlyFans shit. I'm like, she getting a little carried away with her motherfucking sexy shit now. But I, obviously somebody somebody had to call her out on that shit because she definitely deleted this shit off her page. But when I seen this shit, I was like, oh, she taking it dead, taking it dead. You got to relax. That shit is crazy. Um, But yeah, this, let, let me get this. I got this junk. Uh, so 18-year-old college student whips up holiday-level meals outside of his dorm. Jerry Houston will have no trouble making friends at high school. Why the fuck they say high school here in college? In high school with these meals he's making, 18-year-old Georgia native started a freshman year at the University of South Carolina. And that this fall has reached an insane popularity in both school and social media due to his viral cooking videos. His videos give a Southern Baptist grandmother Sunday dinner type of meals, but some people might be surprised to know that young Jerry is all self-taught after having a, a rough childhood and even sometimes at, at point becoming homeless and cooking Jerry's creative outlet is very soothing. He tells the shade room, uh, I turned something, something with, I turned something that was negative into something positive. And Jerry explains he didn't have too many positive figures to look at to when he was in the child. And after being 
show from family home to family home. He says is homeless before graduating high school, but former middle school teacher of his took him in so he could finish out school. Cooking remained an avenue for Jerry, who says he his special recipe, his specialty is really baking. And it was an outlet for him to be creative. And he said, when I was young, I was never given a chance. So when I got the chance, I ran with it. After graduating tech high school, the journey continued and he's known to making a feast of breakfast and lunch and dinner and some of the dishes and meals immediately. Okay, cool. I thought he got like a deal or something when I first seen this um thing. And this is me just looking at a clip, but that shit tight though. Just for, I guess that like, again, and I guess that it's always kind of how weird, how shit can end. And I can kind of end it on this note. Tied back into like when people were saying like being humble, not saying like this, this little boy was bragging on his cooking skills, but just him. Some imagine somebody telling him to be humble, right? Because he's getting popular off of, off of cooking now. Like he's getting a popular, like people's fucking with him and like he's building up a, a fan base of his own off of cooking. But imagine two years from now when he's really becoming successful off of cooking or he get his own food truck or a restaurant and somebody tells him to be humble, but you don't know his beginnings. Like, look, I didn't know that when I first seen it until I'm just read, literally read it in front of y'all right now. He used to be homeless. And he was bouncing from shelters and this, that, and the third. Like, that's the accomplish a lot. And I think sometimes we all try to downplay other people's traumas and other people's struggles because maybe one, because you might feel like you know somebody else who has been through something else, but we all don't deal with the same shit. The same way motherfuckers shit too women can share the same baby father and don't have the same experience at all the same way two motherfuckers could fuck the same person and that shit don't hit the same i'm sure some motherfuckers out here who gonna be like oh your shit was trash and then there's gonna be another motherfucker out here who can give you rave reviews five star fucking uh, reviews on your shit so it's just differently so it's just it's kind of weird how like i i just use that for example because i'm sure a few years from now somebody's gonna try to tell this young man that he need to be humble. And he don't have no reason to. He's already accomplished a lot. Fuck it. He in college. That's a whole level of accomplishment on itself. Like, he used to be homeless. I'm trying to figure out, damn, when the fuck did he even have time from him telling his story? Like, when did he even have time to figure out how to fucking learn how to cook anyway? Like, where did he learn that shit at? So the fact that he doing it out of a dorm room, and I don't know, I'm sure most of y'all done lived in a dorm room or been in a dorm room. Them shit's the small as fuck. And them cooking situations, like, I don't Some of them bitches got stole, some of them don't. That shit tight. Um, but for some reason, I feel like we should just leave off on there because I don't really want to. Um, Lawmakers influence bills will repass family on black shoulders. Cause I do feel like the rest of these topics are gonna kind of get like super dark, and I feel like Jones has kind of been beat over the head. But oh, I think I guess the only thing I would want to leave out, and it's gonna kind of sound crazy, but when it comes to uh, what's Buddy name on trial right now for the the Cal Rittenhouser? That's his name. I I I just don't want black people to get outrageous and up in arms about this situation because it happened at a protest during the George Floyd death. Just, and this is not saying it makes it any better, but I think sometimes we do need a friendly reminder. 
this young man did not kill any black people. He didn't shoot no black people. This happened during, quote unquote, in air quotes, a Black Lives Matter protest, but he didn't shoot any black people. And I think a lot, like I'm almost a go out on a limb when I'm watching a lot of black people get upset about how y'all think this trial is going to play out and what's the verdict going to be in y'all mind, y'all thinking that he shot black people because of where it took place at. I just want to kind of remind y'all before you get too upset, mind white people's business. Stay out of their business. Allow them to deal with each other how they going to deal with each other. Mind y'all fucking business. It ain't got nothing to do with y'all. He ain't shoot no black people. Allow this, whatever the fuck happened. It is one of them. This, this is a white on white crime. Y'all mind y'all black ass business. Stay the fuck out of white people's business. That's all I want to leave y'all on that note. And I just want to thank y'all for joining me again. Another week of Bulger Podcast. I am your fucking host, Cher love joy whatever i don't even know whatever the weird shit motherfuckers be telling y'all to do at the end of these fucking episodes this bunch of podcast again the number one podcast in the dmv and i thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening to this love talking slow jams